and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. And I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. We all remembered how to do that, lads. Yeah, I was worried there. I think I was tripped. I'm so tired, I almost tripped up on my own words then. <laughs> it's Wednesday. We're doing a Spotlight. There's a reason, though, we're doing it on a Wednesday, everyone. I think WrestleMania weekend almost killed us here, lads. I think uh, we're, we're all just about standing, aren't we? But we just had a good chat with our, our patrons in the pre-show that's given me a, a little bit of uh, energy there, talking the difference between uh, Nick Aldis and, uh, and Aldis and all of that good stuff. So I'm feeling good now, JP. I'm feeling fresh. Yeah, it, I really needed this because <laughs> um, after watching what can only be described as a blur of wrestling, over the course of like kind of five days, then mm. recording on it and then getting back to watching it. I like had to have a couple of days off. Like <laughs> basically, I, I honestly to God, I love the you daily say that. Updates, a couple of days off, off for you is still doing the daily updates though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's still doing the daily you, updates. You were the Iron Man of this weekend. And the watch alongs as well. And, and mm. just, yeah. But do you know what? I mean, we're all on camera on here, as, as the patrons can see. We've we've all had a haircut, so Fresh I think haircut. if nothing else, that was that was a big big boost <laughs> to my week yeah. was being able to lose that hair and the weather getting a bit nicer. So, yeah, been the beer gardens are open. Yeah, yeah, been the pub already. COVID's <laughs> over, lads, isn't it? <laughs> That's it. If you go to Liverpool City Centre, as we were saying just then and there, you will definitely definitely believe that. But yeah, I feel I feel like a human being again there with with my haircut. Uh, yeah, it feels a uh, feels a lot better, doesn't it, Gareth? Feels uh, a bit more like normal times are coming. Definitely, I feel like myself a bit more. I couldn't wait for that haircut. I was like wandering around with massive grey stripes in my hair, and uh, mm. yeah, just this long shaggy do. I think it was. Uh, I was feeling. I was feeling my age. I think uh, getting the, getting rid of half of that hair is definitely uh, mm. makes me feel like uh, feel, feel like myself yeah. a bit more. And especially after especially after that weekend where unfortunately I had to tap out a bit sooner than uh, than than you two. But I mean, yeah, JP, that that first WrestleMania watch along that was that finished me off basically. I was just an absolute. <laughs> wreck on the Sunday. I don't know. I don't know. How you managed managed to do the the second day of it. I, I was mm. God. I was out of the game. I was saying to you before. I was like sat playing um, sat playing FIFA with Alex on on Sunday on two hours sleep and just like literally falling asleep in mid game holding con- holding the controller in my hand. Like mm. it was a that Sunday morning where I think did we finish the show about half four and then yeah. I think my alarm went off at seven to get him to get up to take him up take him to his like morning footy match kind of Fuck. thing. I was like. Jesus Christ! Like um, that was a that that was the end for me. But mm. hey, what are you going to do? Yeah. Leave it to you two. <laughs> hey, even I didn't last before. I didn't get as much in as JP did. Like uh, JP was the uh, like I say, he was the uh, as Simon said in our chat, the MVP of Grapple Mania weekend. Even got a little bonus pod in with uh, oh, with you. Sarah Farrell as well on Sunday. JP, which uh, I really enjoyed uh, listening to as well. She, she, I think I felt like she was as worn out by her as we were. That seems, just seems to be a oh. common theme, you know. I've seen Ian Hamilton say similar stuff. I've seen you know the voices of wrestling lads outright tap out on shows during this weekend. Um, it, it it was it was one of the tougher ones, which is another reason why yeah we're coming in fresh on a Wednesday. But I was going to say actually as well, you know, I mentioned going to barbers. Uh, I did go. I went to my barbers on Monday. I did ask my barber if he had any thoughts on it uh, on Bad Bunny. Um, he is actually a wrestling family barber. He used to be a wrestler himself, which is just typical, of course. He's got a nice little Parker mask in his shop. He's good friends with um what's his name Andy? What's his, Andy from uh, from AW? 
The Butcher. The Butcher. Andy yeah. Williams. Andy Williams. I couldn't. I, yeah, I could remember the Butcher. I couldn't remember. Yeah, he's good friends with him, and like he always tells me good stories about him as well. He's a great lad. Ray Guns. If you're in Liverpool, good barbers. Um, well, you can be the judge, video watchers. But yeah, uh, I asked him. No opinion, unfortunately. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't a fan of the Bad Bunny, and he hadn't even got round to watching to WrestleMania. But I was. Uh, I was in some toy shops in Liverpool over the weekend as well. Buying a. You can see in a, a live viewers can see in my background an, an AW ring, and I did overhear some lads in front of the WWE figures also talking about wrestlemania uh, some scottish lads and they were going oh they weren't talking about the bad bunny either they were talking about they, they were talking about drew galloway and his bad apparently he's got a bad scottish accent that was the uh, the headline uh, those lads gave me as well but what? yeah and, uh, yeah <laughs> that's it that, if that's the biggest that's thing you're taking out of a show that's a uh, that's a bit worrying uh, and that's how bad he is he can't even do scottish <laughs> <laughs> Scott's in the chat. Let us know if we've got any. <laughs> Is Drew Galloway? That's going to be an existential crisis for. That's an existential crisis for Drew McIntyre. There, isn't it? That's it. I know. God, it reminds me of the time Lewis Black, the comedian, had to audition for a role playing himself and he didn't get it. <laughs> and he just said, like, what that leads to internally is just like a kind of hell of like, am, am I not the best version of me? Because I am me. Well, that's what's <laughs> happening to Drew Drew here. It's all right. He gets a chance next month at WrestleMania Backlash. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, WrestleMania I wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for those godforsaken updates, but that's that's <laughs> the world that we're in. Neither would our patrons, uh, to be fair. But uh... <laughs> None of us would know. None of us would care. Uh, but, but that's it yeah like i say i've been out doing market research you know to, to get ready for this pod to give us some different views so we can yeah. say some different things uh other than this weekend but yeah i no, went out got like i say got got a, an aw ring went to uh, the entertainment the uh, the kids store and they had two aw rings and they had two aw belts there so you can see you know the the aw merch is uh is making its way around but yeah w wwe uh stuff wasn't really a uh, pride of place there um but yeah you can uh you can you can see AW slow, slowly sneaking in, uh, maybe taking taking some of that market share. It's uh, you know it, it's anyone's game at this point. Uh, kids will buy it. It's an it's an it's it's wrestling stuff. If I was a kid, I'd take it. I mm. I when I was a kid, I owned a, a Tom Zeng figure, and I didn't know who he was for like three years of owning it. Um, Tony Khan needs to flog those uh, shops. I reckon he could get a could make a mint through that. He needs to get some stuff off to um, home and bargains, as you lads would call it. Mm. Uh, um, there's a gigantic one here, and they've got wrestling stuff in there. I, I did have a look at it. I was mm. in there <laughs> buying some very, very cheap stuff of dubious quality. Mm. So they have it in those kind of shops, but there's no Toys R Us. Ironically, it's in a former Toys R Us where this mm. stuff would have got that, but there is no Toys R Us in this country because because uh, they've gone. Mm. So like, you, it just makes you wonder. Um, in in that case like mm. wh- where else are they going to be able to put these need to get them in the i don't know can you get them in the supermarkets yeah some, some thing. i, I don't know why i'm giving this too much thought aren't you? It, mm. it, it's one of the highlights of taking my, my when the kids have got a bit of money at their birthday or christmas or something like that and they'll mm. they'll like we'll take them to like smith's toy superstore and they go off looking for stuff and i just casually wander just just down the wrestling aisle there just to just to see who is there you know mm, just get left. just get a bit of a feel for who's buying what and just uh think about it like yeah like in my head oh yeah yeah i might buy some of this and then don't kind of thing like yeah uh, just step away from it unlike benno with his aw ring there <laughs> yeah. i'm yeah. definitely not like fl- flocking to pick up a titus o'neill figure or something like that <laughs> just to build- randomly go <laughs> that's a build it yourself mate why don't they come in a big 
box. Yeah, um, I was saying this on the pre-show. You know how these things work? It literally comes in parts, and you have to you have to put it together and you put the stickers on yourself. I don't remember that happening when I was a kid buying WF rings. Maybe it was, and I just I enjoyed the uh, the manual labor back then of uh, of putting it together. But I got that. I got a uh, I got a Mean Gene. Um, what's the ones with the big heads called? The um, the pop the uh, the vinyl pop figures. I got I got I got one of them. He was a fiver. He was on sale. Yes. Why not? Oh, he was he was sat there. Amongst, That's all right. Amongst the sea of Sergeant Slaughter's, there were like thirty Sergeant Slaughter's. Like somebody in the shop must have just assumed Sergeant Slaughter was a a big name that people would care about. A uh, couple of John Cena's, I think, were there. Couple couple of Trish Stratton. They were the big names in uh, in the entertainment. That, that Iraqi turncoat is still a uh, still a big <laughs> negative in Liverpool. I've heard. There's, yeah, uh, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Funko Pops. That's it. They haven't forgotten um, WrestleMania 7, have they, in no, Liverpool no. at all? <laughs> Disgusted about that. You've still got probably, yellow ribbons tied around the trees. Someone from Liverpool probably called in that bomb threat, wasn't it, the reason for why they moved and not poor ticket sales. <laughs> mm. oh, You're lucky, Ben, over there, though, with, with that ring just being what it is. Like, one Christmas I bought Alex the Hell in the Cell, and fucking hell, that, that was a good half day, putting that oh, together. Jesus Christ. Christ. Did, did, he, did he play with it? Did he appreciate it at the end, or...? No, no. If it was one of them for about five minutes of five minutes interest, and then he just remembered yeah. that he hated wrestling again after that. So you know, it was well worth the fucking hundred pound or whatever I probably dropped on it. You know? oh, well, that was only twenty quid. <laughs> just so that's sat, there, sat there in bits under his bed now for years, gathering dust, <laughs> carrying around that fucking thing behind me on the video for years. What's that? Kids showed no interest. Refused. It's the. I bought it in a car boot sale, so I spent fuck all money on it. It's a WrestleMania ring with Cena, Dolph Ziggler, Undertaker, Triple H, The Rock, and uh, a Zapatista doll, which I don't know how has worked his way in, which is a kind of freedom-fighting kind of domestic terrorism thing going on in a certain part of Mexico. Not meant to be in there, obviously. I've just wondered why that's ended up in there now. Um, it's this person. Again, other Mexico stories I'm not going to go into now. Just, yeah. JP getting all the bargains as always. Yeah, Mark saying in the chat there, apparently the old uh, WCW rings were out of a flat packed as well. Maybe that's what I'm vaguely remembering. It came with a Prince Iakea figure. Mine didn't come with any free figures, which I was a bit sad about. But, you know, I can can go out and get the uh, the Young Bucks and and Cody later. I think they're the only ones they've got out, haven't they? Like, just, it's the Elite and Jericho. Uh, I don't think there's any more. I've got a John. I've got a John Moxley. I must admit, have I did you? buy that of, uh, on my on my shelf upstairs. Yeah, where was that? Was a, I, I couldn't resist when I saw that. I think I just bought that online, but I was I was I must have been feeling flush for that particular month, and then saw it and thought, you know what, John Moxley, good lad. <laughs> Luckily, he's not wearing a leather jacket with a <laughs> with a nicely nicely placed mocks written down or anything like that but yeah, yeah. so puts a smile on my face every time i walk in that small bedroom there and uh, see uh, see mocks staring down at me mm. it's, it's a, i tell you what it's a really oh mate if you go on a webay and start looking at this stuff it's mm. a fucking rabbit hole mm. and there's no getting out of it at all um i've noticed in the chat someone said they're prince ikea um, which ironically is his flat as flat packed ring as well. So I do I do like that. But lovely me pauses it in the set. That's a gimmick, isn't it? Comes out with some cinnamon and chocolate donuts and a small ice cream as well at the end of the match. Yeah, and a DVD shitty case. furniture. Yeah. I'll lose track of the amount of yeah. time someone someone thinks they're funny buying like that. King DVD. Curtis IKEA. 
Yeah. There's a DVD case in Ikea that's called the Benno, the amount of times. It's like being in, in school when people are like, oh, Benson's Crisps, that's like your name. I get it all the time. Like, like oh, yeah, I bought a Benno. Okay, yeah, sounds. <laughs> it's not as impressive as Andy Ogden at the weekend when he joins us on the live stream with a Benno beer, but yeah. There's two main wrestling figures I keep an eye out for, Jeff Jarrett and Kevin Nash. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw a Kevin Nash like, today. It was, it, was a di- it was a diesel uh, pop figure, though, a Funko Pop. Um, it didn't look the best. You? I don't think. I don't think you want a diesel. I, I'm all right, but it'd have to be a proper figure. Mm. Like it would be that. It'd be like if, if those bam, like Rick Rude ones, Bam Bam Bigelow ones. I'll mm. happily house all of these fucking things mm. in here. Like even though it, it fundamentally is an odd thing for a 42 year old man to do. Mm. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I'm just reading the chat here. Ian's mentioned that Etsy's has got like a, a load of like knockoff title belts, like a, an IWGP one based on the one a few weeks ago. I have seen those types of belts. Like eBay has got like a, a a classic Ring of Honor belt. It's only a hundred quid. I've been tempted. <laughs> like I've looked at it. And oh, oh. <laughs> I got look good in my display in the background. Like they did have in uh, the entertainment. They had like the AW title belt. Uh, Steph, Steph got one of them for, for her background. But like I was tempted by it because it is a good quality one for twenty for a kid's twenty quid one. But this is a full size r- classic Ring of Honor title belt that's uh, that that's on eBay. I think yeah. At, at some point, if there's a hundred quid bed in a hole in my pocket, maybe the. Uh, <laughs> maybe 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 people's Patreon money might go to it. I should probably use use that money to get a, a new mic before I do that. But maybe people's Patreon money might go to good use one day, and you'll get one of them in the background. I'm not I'm not a belt mark in any way, but that's one belt I wouldn't mind having. And a flight to Malta to pick up the um, tracky, mm-hmm. complete the look. I might have to uh, slip my mate over there some money to get it back. But yeah, you know, we could go full <laughs> full retro ROH. That's one of my favourite things. There is where obviously. Um, like when you came came around and stay, and um, like my, uh, my I'd been bought a WWE oh, yeah. title belt that I, that I've got no use for really, and it really needs to go on eBay at some point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just seeing Joe, just seeing Joe wearing that WWE title belt was was definitely a highlight for me. <laughs> so it was like <laughs> it's like um, the whole bizarreness of the situation of Joe standing there in my living room wearing a WWE World title belt. <laughs> the rightful champion. Definitely God, I've only just remembered that now. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah, definitely. If anyone wants to buy a um, real replica WWE title belt, uh, yeah, hit me up. <laughs> Good luck. Good money in that game, isn't it? Oh, Good is. prices. Yeah, oh, PCW used to do like... Um, Remember when they had like the hashtag boom belt, Gareth, and like it was like, um, what do you call Dave Rain was the uh, was the champion, and they must have sold like at least like it doesn't sound big numbers, but I'm sure I've seen like t- at least ten or so like knocking around at the same show because Dave Rain was like ironically over at PCW shows. Those those lads into their belts will uh, will drop some money. You get a fiend belt. Remember that? Like, oh, you know, fuck, mate. <laughs> Just like, like someone out of a snuff film. It was fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's bad though, isn't it? When, you, when you're getting into the realms of just creating just like odd belts just because you know that people are going to fucking buy them. You know, when, when you get into the realms where your world title belts are just a merchandising opportunity, like, mm. I'm like, I don't know, I'm not a massive belt mark by any degree, but I don't know, maybe there's a, 
maybe maybe they shouldn't be toys you know maybe they should have a bit more to them than uh, than that i don't know i used to have like the because the winged if, if you if you asked me like to, to uh, i mentioned the retro roh belt but if like if i was gonna buy one and spend the money it'd be like either classic you know wcw slash nwa the, the big the big gold belt it'd either be that yeah or it'd be the winged eagle but I do remember having like a. Did you ever have one of those knockoff winged eagles as a kid, where it was like much worse quality than these AW belts? I saw it was like it was like a black belt, and similar to my AW ring, it was basically a sticker on it of like the of the winged eagle over it, like a gold sticker that was over it. It, it came pre-stuck, so it's a little bit better quality than the uh, than the AW ring. But yeah, that, that was my pride and joy for years. It was the, as a kid, it was the coolest thing to have a, a proper WWF, what felt like a proper WF title belt. That in hindsight was pretty much a cheap piece of tat my, i mean my only belts that i would have had when i was a kid would have been like two frosties um packets sellotaped together or something yeah. like that and then cut out in the shape of a belt we were not no stickers uh, <laughs> when i was a lad benno it was uh, it was uh, inside of frosties packets and biro <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah about drawing those winged well. eagles on that <laughs> yeah cardboard belt yeah <laughs> oh it's funny andy's mentioned in the chat there apparently uh, he won the hashtag boom uh, title belt in the pcw raffle sold it for 80 quid on eBay. Good turn around that, <laughs> Good man. Respect it. Good man. <laughs> uh, I need to want it back on the um, on some racing at Thurrock mm. as well. So he would have, have like gone. It would have would have worked out quite well there. Apparently, won the he's also won the belt. NXT yeah. belt. <laughs> in the future that that fuck. turn that round for 107 these Ogdens tell you what as far as like money spinners right. uh, if anyone was paying attention to them over the uh, the national weekend I think I think they had mixed fortunes but yeah those uh, mm. those lads uh, probably don't need to work a day in their life with, uh, with all these uh, <laughs> this belt money and all these uh, race winnings coming their way fucking hell absolutely played a played a belter on all of that stuff mm. I always thought that 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 old NWA belt or the current NWA belt actually just looks too old. Mm. Like as a as a kind of twenty first century title, mm. it just looks too much. Like you know the one I mean, which has got like the flags on it. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. looks too. Re- it looks too small. Mm. Like and I know sometimes there's like the AEW tiles are arguably a bit too big. Mm. Like, I, I've probably obviously given this far too much thought from what any of this actually needs. Mm. As someone who'd never buy these, because I just don't have the money to sort of drop 400 quid mm. on a fucking SmackDown world title or whatever the <laughs> fuck it's called these days. Like, it's 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 stuff like that I find like an utter mystery. But wrestling fans, has always been proven, they mm. spend big money mm. when it comes to merch. Definitely. Like Definitely. me and T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a bit older, older adult marketplace uh, being being more and more taken uh, advantage of. I think that's the uh, that's what's happening here. As as the audience shrinks and as the uh, the the new kids uh, watching it disappear, it's just yeah, it's more money out of the uh, the same old people. Um, but yeah, I mean, before we uh, we get into the uh, the the WrestleMania stuff, we're going to talk about. I did have a, a couple of things I, I did want to bring up. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's been a busy couple of days jp are you all right uh, i haven't seen the uh the news of uh of old uh, of your mate jeff um and his new podcast uh, venture i just want to oh. just check it on you see if you're all right well I, I like to think now my role is to produce the sort of unofficial basically what is like the forever hardcore version of jeff's career without jeff <laughs> and while very much his is like the rise and fall of ecw mm. 
and you're going to have to know to, to go with one on there. But yeah, a, a Jeff Jarrett podcast launching, it feels like I should be on there. <laughs> Conrad's all very good at it, but mm. like it's, yeah, it's depressing. I'd even found an eight, I'd found an eight bit version of my world to mm. use as the theme song and everything else. Um, I'm still going to do it mm. in the face of competition from Jeff himself, which is a, <laughs> obviously a blow when it comes to credibility on a podcast about Jeff Jarrett, mm. doesn't it? Um, but fuck it. Game on, Jeff. Yeah, you, can pick, you can pull him up on all the lies that he's probably going to be telling on it, oh. where he's going to be misremembering everything yeah. and, um, yeah, bigging him up in all these different scenarios. You can uh, you can do the putting oh. the world to write a version of it. He'll be talking about some brilliant match against Iceman King Parsons. He'll be like, nope. <clears throat> I've seen that match two and a half at best and the quality of the tape was fucking sketchy so yeah and that's the real challenge it's the great Jeff Jarrett match which one is it mm. yeah I just thought am about I that willing to t- what is the Jeff Jarrett yeah. over four star match a couple of people had some suggestions but I wasn't buying them no, no. there's in my head, there is a match against Kevin Nash. This is clearly why it isn't true, which I had convinced myself in the Mandela effect had happened, mm. and it was just a great match. Mm. But I don't think it ever happened, and I don't think it was a great match when they did wrestle. So, yeah, I, I, it's it's disappointing, you know, Jeff's turned on me, but I'll, I'll carry on without Jeff mm. and produce a podcast about him. You've now got me delving into the database here, and the, uh, there is one four-star match on the uh, database, which is uh, oh, against Shawn Michaels in your in house, house too, which average, uh, averages up four point two. So, mm-hmm. but the next one underneath that is three point three. So there's a big gap between there, uh, you know, for the uh, for the length of career. I, I know there's some holes in the uh, database there, but uh, mm-hmm. we're talking prime Jeff at this point, aren't we? Really? So uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's not the four-star king by any means, is he? When are you putting up the old USWA stuff? Yeah, when's that? On yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I, th- I think that's 20, 2029. I think that one's, uh, <laughs> that one's five minutes away on there, yeah. That's, uh, Come on, mate. <laughs> Shit's on going on at the Mid-South Coliseum that people are just itching. The quiet yeah, majority, Gareth. That, that big, that big um, four-and-a-half-star Lord Humongous match, yeah. Everyone's uh, desperate to get the ratings yeah. in for that one. It's just, you know, you'll put some gamification in. You know, what rating would Jeff Gaylord matches get? And just like going through loads of those. Eric Embry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have things I've got such nostalgia for that that kind of USWA era. But mm, well sorry. No, no, I was gonna say I am looking forward to Jeff telling those old stories. But yeah, I want the uh that's what I want now. I want the JP companion piece. I think you should do like a you know, like a like a talking smacker or like where there's like, you know, there's walking dead and there's talking dead or like even even dark talking bollocks. Just, yeah, talking bollocks <laughs> with JP. <laughs> yeah, following <laughs> given the true facts, JP on uh, on what really happened uh, with Jeff Jarrett. Story of my life, that's that could be your <laughs> oh, but no. I'm, ga- I'm game for it. Mm. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I want to. I want to hear it. But no, I, I, Jeff doing a podcast. It'll be. It'll be interesting. That fucking that Conrad's got there. Speaking of belt marks, he's got the. Uh, he's got the market cornered uh, with that stuff. Like, uh, yeah, he's a rich man already. But I'm sure he's being made richer every day by the uh, the hardcore wrestling fans uh, signing up to his uh, his service. But yeah, the uh, the other thing I was going to mention before we do get going as well, and this is a purely selfish one, uh, just because Will's mentioned it. Uh, either you see the Fast and Furious podcast, um, podcast uh, trailer, just me, uh, maybe, I'm guessing. Uh, I did. J- Big John's never, As you know, I've, I've never seen a, a first, uh, a Fast and Furious film mm. in me my either. life. 
and so I'm watching this from a plot. So the main crux of the plot here, apart from the the lad who you've said many times is dead, who appears not to be dead at all in this. This being had big gun. Oh, okay, that's him. Um, justice for Han, as I know you're you're, you're fond of saying. We're getting um, justice, John C- John Cena and Vin Diesel are brothers. How? <laughs> I'm a fan, and I don't. Therein lies the rub, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> are they even the same race? Is kind of our question. Like it doesn't. It just doesn't work, does it? It's so. Like I think, I think they are supposed to be like, uh, like half brothers or something like that. But apparently, yeah, seen seen as Vin Diesel's brother. That's your wrestling tie-in for it. Uh, but no, I did, I did watch the trailer, and yeah, Cena seems wooden as ever. But I mean, in in a Fast and Furious film, you can you can absolutely get away with that. But yeah, hands back. Bow Wow is even back. It, it brought a, brought a little tear to my eye. JP watching that thing back. Yeah, I, I'm sure it did. <laughs> it feels that nine episodes into this that it might well have passed me and Gareth by and I know you've said I don't need to watch those first three but someone tells me I, I, jumping in like episode four like be I don't know starting off the Harry Potter films and saying alright I'm going to watch uh, um, the Goblet of Fire mm-hmm. and just like well, who are these wizards why is he that in this school I mean those are the fundamental questions that you'd be lacking here mm-hmm. but you're excited yeah. you might finally get to do the podcast of wh park that's been on the cards for a very long time that's what about that and that needs to happen mm. yeah yeah i think we you're I think both we, very excited i'm happy for you guys <laughs> that's it there's a wrestling tie-in uh, not that there hasn't always been one with the rock so that, that could justify it i was, I was gonna say maybe that's it maybe that just ends up in a film club marathon that we just watch all nine yeah, in a row you guys haven't like seen them one. before <laughs> Uh, you know, bring me and JP up to speed, and you can give us the full. Uh, you can give us the full director's commentary over the top about why why it's so great what we're watching. Yeah, it, I mean that that'll probably go as well as me explaining um, why the uh, why why the Super Beast is is very good at blood sport shows. I think um, it's it's a it's a it's a it's an irony like if uh, if nothing else, and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think I'd I'd wish watching those uh, three hour marathons back to back to anyone. It's a bit like watching the WrestleMania. To be honest, you've got to uh, you've got to be a, a real like uh, one who wants to suffer punishment to to get through it. But no, I, I am made up, and yeah, we are me and WHR and are in talks about uh, doing a doing a project, uh, something like that for those uh, Fast and Furious films. But yeah, it, uh, this latest one, it basically it's the same old shit. It's getting even crazier. Everyone looks quite a bit older, but John Cena's in it, so you know there's a there's a wrestling tie there. It looks quite interesting. He's also in the Suicide Squad mm. um, sequel as well, and he's filming the HBO Max. I mean, I think this is the Cena mm. goes straight into. I mean, this is he's no fool. I mean, mm. it'll make money regardless of how good it is, mm. and so he's out there, isn't he? Mm. I, I, I know you say he's wooden. I think he's all right, Frank. I think he's gotten a lot better. His comedic timing, is yeah, he's good in comedies. He is, yeah. He, yeah, that's his kind of forte, mm. and him getting a show on HBO Max is interesting mm. in terms of like a, a DC original thing of his character, which is very un PG thirteen, mm. but like it's a kind of like a really pompous Cap- Captain America type. Mm. Judging by the trailer, I don't know. I get lost with some of this stuff this time. 
That's a fall. Yeah, he, but well, I don't think he's gonna have the uh, the career of uh, the Rock, but they're trying um, by pushing him into a in, into a fast Fast and Furious, and it is nine. Yeah, there's a there's still a ten to come as well. So he's uh, he's got he's got in late, but uh, it, it might work out for him. But yeah, so what's to mention there? And the other thing I wanted to mention before we get to the WrestleMania stuff on a on a more uh, on topic note, and we talked about it a little bit on one of our live streams is the is the Jericho Austin interview as well uh, from this last week. I don't know if you guys have any uh, detailed uh, thoughts on that now it's been a few days i still can't believe it happened um i still still feel feels odd um i haven't watched the thing i'm still shocked that they got 20 odd minutes worth of uh of aw talking at the start or at least that's what it felt like big big amount of time spent even at the end as well putting over aw and to, to, to the point where jericho and austin were sat there with a big aw title belt around chris jericho's waist uh behind them uh i saw some talk online about about how it was uh oh this is this is vincent man show and he's not scared of aw this is this is the wwe talking down to aw and showing that they're they're not even on their level um to me, that was absolute nonsense. To me, it was the biggest fucking possible advert for AW. If you're watching that and you, you thought Jericho was dead or something and he's telling you about this great new place he's gone to work where he gets used properly and there's all these exciting new wrestlers and they're filling 15,000 seat places and he was bullshitting a little bit um, but talking about it up as like this big league thing. I don't think you, how you can come away from that not thinking, oh, about you know, after WrestleMania weekend, the first thing I want to do is Google AW. Um, and he, Jericho even did the did an interview with another one of his interviews with Steph this week and he was even saying to her yeah you know Wednesday's the first time we're going unopposed um, and yeah leading into that he got pride to place on WWE Network <laughs> slash Peacock uh, promoting yeah. the brand uh, did you see the full thing Gareth I know I haven't had a chance to speak to you much about it uh, have, you, have you watched that yet I know um, Aust- Jericho was on Austin's podcast as, uh, as well this week as like a, as like a you know a, a doing it the other way around as like a thank you I haven't heard that yet but yeah, plenty, uh, plenty of talking points coming out of that Jericho podcast on uh, on Austin. Yeah, I think it was just the it was just the whole head fuck of it, wasn't it? Like mm. for me, it was just that it was just the bizarre just hearing the words AEW, like and, and Austin introducing it, Austin saying it first, and things was just like whoa, and then like and then like you say the level of you know the level of time that was devoted to it, and then when you were like hearing some AEW wrestlers' names get mentioned. And then later on, when they put that, I think you mentioned there the, the belt. You know, the photo of him with the belt. I was like, blood, like that felt like even more. I think that was the uh, that that was the, all the mm. like head fuck sort of entertaining part of it. I mean, the actual interview itself. I think every question that was asked, I, I could have probably have told you every answer that Jericho was going to give based on his books and interviews that he's done and things like that over the years. There wasn't anything groundbreaking in the in the interview itself. I don't I, I don't think I think it was just entirely just the bizarre nature of sitting there thinking, why on earth are they giving him this platform? Why on earth are they talking about AEW? Like mm-hmm. it just it just felt incredibly odd and you know I'm, I'm very much the same like where i saw people on twitter at the weekend saying about that it was making aw look small and things it just felt like the biggest free advert ever like it was it was yeah. and especially at a time where it's it's wrestlemania and they're dry it's, it's going to be the spike of people you know probably having access to their content for the the entire year it, it just felt really odd that you'd put a competitor in that position and it was it's so like a U-turn on anything that WWE's ever done in their entire history as well to to give somebody that platform and mm-hmm. and on their own network as well. Just mm-hmm. utterly, utterly odd. But yeah, just 
just fantastic. It's one of those things that, again, where people talk about wrestling wars and, you know, the introduction of AW and things like that. You know, where we've had this environment where it's just basically purely been WWE for this whole length of time. Just little odd scenarios like this, you just you just don't get. So even if, like, I don't know, if, even if AW's whatever, losing to them in the ratings, or even if it's not really a war or things like that, just the mere fact that you just get situations like this that get you really engaged and like I, I couldn't wait to watch this you know the second they showed the trailer for this i couldn't wait to to watch it mm-hmm. so anything that's like generating an element of excitement in a jaded 42 year old wrestling fan like myself has got to be a got to be good and got to be interesting in this day and age yeah i i, I loved it mm-hmm. i loved watching this i love the fact that they released it early yeah so i was out on a long walk and all of a sudden it was like the, this is out and I was like I oh, fucking get in I'm watching this on the way back this is brilliant <laughs> and yeah like having grown up in a like in a watching wrestling at a point where they were just n- people didn't acknowledge the existence of the other companies mm. and even WWE did the same thing when it came to things like TNA I mean they didn't for a long time want to acknowledge it existed really only until they had it gotten to the point where they just needed to use the footage mm. but i thought this was tremendous and it also kind of came across like a kind of austin it was like a tacit kind of endorsement of sorts i'm saying endorsement's probably a bit strong oh yeah but austin's there talking about this company and you mentioned about the kind of offshoots it's like structurally it's really bizarre because the only thing you really want to hear about is aew stuff mm. It just seems to select then random periods of Chris Jericho's career to do the the questions like Gareth said earlier on. That if you've seen well, enough of these interviews, you know these stories, and it's well, fine. So he can't change his life story, can he? You know, he's it is no, what it can't. is, isn't it? Yeah, it is what it is. Mm. But if we were getting like five minutes of AEW talk, then he'd probably be thinking, "Oh, this is all a bit of a waste of time." But it wasn't. Mm. It was the first bit. Although it's interesting if you go to the chapter listing on the on the network, oh, it, yeah. it doesn't say AEW. Mm. However, if you go down to the very end, it's kind of top and tailed with, I think, the interesting discussions, mm. which is the first bit is like AEW and the second bit is like, well, what did he do post WWE? And so he talks a lot about New Japan then at that mm. point. And, he, and, he, and, it's, and it's a lot more interesting. He's mentioning people like Kenny Omega and the rest of it, where if you're watching this, AEW comes off very well. Mm. They've put the perfect person on TV to act as your kind of figurehead for the company. That's why at that point... Austin doing an interview with Kenny Omega wouldn't, I know it sounds really bizarre, it wouldn't mean as much because there isn't this like kind of familiarity with the WWE audience or Cody Rhodes or anything or anyone else like that. I don't think he would have had that. Whereas with Jericho, you've got so much going on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in terms of the, the the things that he he generally said, he made AEW sound really interesting. I think one of the things that was kind of said was always a contract season soon. Mm-hmm. It was very, when he gets to that WrestleMania match against Kevin Owens and he's like second on the card and he's like, yeah, this is where they got me pigeonholed. Yeah. I think from like, that is just absolutely kind of dead on. And it really just suggests to me, it's like, well, why would I go back there at this point? I mean, I could see him going back there when he's like kind of very old, obviously, but 
Mm. He's still got a good run in AEW to go. Yeah, he's got this babyface run still to go, hasn't he? I, I, yeah. I don't buy. It. I've, I've seen that talk. I don't buy it. I think he's an AEW life for now. Maybe, maybe you'll use, you'll use WWE for some, some leverage. But you hear him talk in interviews like this, and like I can't mm. imagine in a million years. And one, like you said there, JP, that second match. I saw somebody did a meme about it, where it was like you know uh, the Michael Jordan meme, where like, and I took that personally. He, he took being second on the card in a WrestleMania so fucking personally. As he should have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering it was like, the best mm-hmm. feud they had going into that mania. Mm-hmm. And if I remember rightly, it was Shane McMahon, AJ Styles. And I think we said it at the time on the watch along. Mm-hmm. Shane McMahon, AJ Styles, that was that put on there first. And it was like obviously fucking massive pops and the rest of it. Mm-hmm. That was the cool down match. Mm-hmm. And it was insulting to both of them. Yeah. And like, and he never had the necessary heat that match. And they just sort of ruined what was a really good feud. And a really kind of interesting partnership. So him taking that to heart, I just kind of think, yeah, for someone who takes it, this is why he's a top guy wrestler because he takes that type of stuff seriously. Mm. And he realizes that, you know, you're fucking with my presentation. You're fucking with the presentation of my character. And if you're going to do that, that's going to affect the people see me. And that affects how he is as a draw. And I think he did well to just go, yeah, get the hell out of here. Yeah, that's it. You know, and as as Sean said uh, says in the chat there, you know, in the interview with he did with Steph that's on YouTube today, he said he made mm-hmm. a big point of you know his storylines making sense and having control over the booking. We said that, didn't we, when we when we did our you know our WrestleMania uh, rewatch for uh, for mixtape. You know, even you look at stuff like that that Christian story, uh, every little or the Shawn Michaels feud, every little detail of those types of things, he always seemed to take very seriously and. Yeah, it seems like, you know, we're hearing talk about being in, in New Japan and, you know, literally making jokes about the fact that, oh, yeah, who do I who do I go to speak to? Who who do I need to get clearance for to do this? And the wrestlers go, no, it's not like that. You know, just go, just go out and do what you want. Uh, it felt like he was almost born again by that. Um so yeah, like I said, I, I don't I don't see him like making any any kind of like maybe 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 he'll make overtures, maybe he'll try and get himself a, a nice big fat last contract run Tony Khan. Um but I can't see him ever, ever going back. And, and why would he? I mean, that says everything that AW even let him do this interview. Like that was that was another thing, you know. He, he said in that interview with like he, with, with Steph, he was talking about how like you know he there was no direction from Tony Khan on what he needed to say. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. actually, no direction from the Vince McMahon of WWE side. Because I saw Meltzer speculate about that about you know they didn't mention Benoit for one. Uh, I think that was just more him you know, reasonably realizing it probably wasn't, you know, the place to, to, to open open that kind of worms and such. But yeah, you know, for me, I I, I, I interpret it as like Tony Khan is the forward thinking boss who sees this as just a big advert for his company. And Vince McMahon is probably as he probably was when Jericho went to New Japan, he probably just like because Jazz Jericho said in the interview, he was like, Oh yeah, he was like, Oh yeah, good. Spread fly the WWE flag in Japan. Vince McMahon thinking it's like the eighties or something like that. And like, yeah, you know, he's he's gonna work in Japan, but no one's gonna actually see it. Not realizing New Japan World's a thing, and probably not realizing the extent to which this will you know, help an AEW. Um, that's the way I read it. I just read well, it, like Vince has no control right now. Well, it's it's really interesting because just while you were talking there, I was just like firing some names into Google Trends just to have a look there. And then so in, in WrestleMania, so last week, so in the week of WrestleMania, Jericho was, tre- Jericho was trending on Google Trends above Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, mm. uh, Edge, mm. Daniel Bryan. Mm. So these are all people who are, you know, these are all mm. people who are in a WrestleMania main event and more 
people are searching and talking about Chris Jericho in WrestleMania week than they are about these uh, these main ev- these main eventers as well. So you know, it almost just backs up that point really yeah. about about it. The, the only one that tops him is Roman Reigns. People were talking, you know, people were talking about Reigns or, or searching more on, on on Google for Roman Reigns Reigns more. But the idea that yeah, those, all those other guys are spanning two title matches at, at WrestleMania, mm. and uh, yeah, Jericho's got more more buzz out there on Google Trends than than them. It just uh, just shows you the the uh, the power of this, and mm. hopefully that'll be uh, reflected in AEW's rating tonight. Yeah, going into one on the post Wednesday, it's just. It's perfect, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I do think that, that honestly, this is just Vince McMahon's dementia, <laughs> like not taking this seriously or not realizing what he was being asked. Like, there's no way a confident Vince McMahon allows this to happen. And we were all complaining about oh, typical Vince McMahon, you know, even if they, if they let Jericho on and edited like the AEW stuff off, we'd be moaning about it and going, oh, that's typical WWE bullshit, isn't it? But he hasn't even given us that. Like, it's clear, clear. He just, and this, again, the other thing about that guy is it like, it aired immediately after WrestleMania. <laughs> the biggest show of the year was the lead-in to an AEW advert. It's just, it's insane. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say absolutely bizarre, but brilliant. Yeah, yeah. 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 More, more of this, please, Vince. Can we get the books on next time or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Cody can come back. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Do you know what? Like, I wouldn't say be that would be that that surprising at this point. If like, it, especially to, just depends on how well it did on Peacock. Mm. That's the thing that kind of makes you think. It's like, oh, hang on a minute. You had this show that managed to do X amount of views compared to everything else that you're putting out there. Why don't you? Well, why was it so special? Oh, because he wrestles for this other company. We well, need to get more of these guys on. Like <laughs> it would be, and and Austin himself is, uh, just a shout out for him. I'd say of all the things on that network, mm-hmm. like the Stone Cold sessions are like m- by far and away my favourite things. Mm-hmm. Like in any kind of interview format, because he himself, yeah, all right, he has his certain kind of mannerisms with his interview, but the level of respect he commands mm. means he is the kind of only credible figure to do any big interview. Mm. So at some point, like, I don't know if The Rock has done one of these, but The Rock going on one of those, he's like, well, you have to get Austin to talk about it. Mm. And he, it's, he just sort of knocks these out of the park. I mean, I watched the one with Randy Orton, and I fucking hate Randy Orton, as people will hear in a little bit. Mm. And nah. yeah, I'm happy to watch an hour and a half interview with 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 Randall Keith Orton mm. inexplicably mm. yeah well as, as Sean says there punk next let's do it let's get him on as well very <laughs> maybe that's the idea controversy creates cash and they're trying to uh, boost these people apparently apparently uh, NXT takeover at the weekend was the highest rated takeover of all time um, it'd be in P- on Peacock uh, so you know there you go there's a, there's something to that maybe maybe that's what it is they're trying to please their Peacock overlords and they're just going it's like remember that time where Vince went a bit crazy and started having WWE.com like posting news with the Z stories and it was like they were aggregating stuff from like WrestleZone and from Meltzer on his site because the because the idea apparently according to Meltzer was that he wanted the, he wanted the clicks for themselves for WWE. Maybe that's the uh, the same uh, busted old logic here from a seventy something year old Vince McMahon. Yeah, it's another couple of suggestions. Moxley mm. would be one yeah, that would obviously be, be bop, but, tremendous yeah. mm. there as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it's funny because I mean NXT did eight hundred thousand. Mm, yeah. Um, last night, which is 
I'd imagine actually probably what we would have thought it would have been. I mean, if they're averaging kind of around 600 to 650, so you maybe put 150 on the that. Mm. Coming off of WrestleMania weeks, particularly as Raw did over 2 million as well, that did a very good number. Mm. Um, although people actually would have had to watch the show to become part of that number. <laughs> and I think they won't become part of that number as the weeks go on because mm. they wouldn't want to be seen dead watching this shit. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a- like uh, but yeah, I these numbers, I think, for these for NXT are um, like it makes me wonder if this is the big number mm. that they're going to end up getting. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you Raw did two million this week as well off the WrestleMania bounce, so there's, mm. a, there's a bit of that too. But you know, we'll see going forward. But yeah, we'll see how desperate they go. Whether they do, as uh, Sean's mentioned, they get Mo- get Moxley back to do to do that do over uh, with Austin mm. after that terrible interview they had last time. Get stinging, uh, as Dylan said there. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll take it. Uh, it's far better than the. Uh, the rest of the stuff uh, they've got on that network, but and slash Peacock. But speaking of that, we should uh, we should get into the the big weekend. Um, but before we do, and uh, as it was, as we said, JP, you were the MVP uh, of the weekend. Uh, what did uh, what, what did we get up to over on the Patreon? Uh, what 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 have, uh, what have we been busy doing this last week for uh, anybody who's just tuning in for our what won't be quite as detailed uh, our our wrap up here? Uh, what what exactly uh, was our how did our WrestleMania coverage go? Oh Christ! How did it go? There's a <laughs> there's an existential question if ever there was one. Um, we we covered everything we did basically mm-hmm. like, and that covers a lot of ground mm-hmm. over this weekend. We did, we had um, like kind of shows that we were doing every day um, from uh, uh, Wednesday. We had the preview, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, and Sunday we had shows out, including one I managed to do, which is like an indie roundup with Sarah Farrell, um, who was fantastic as always. Mm. And I know she's been doing that as part of her show with Alan as well. So I look forward to listening to that on on PW Torch as well. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so that that was re- that was really good. Mm. Um, we also had the watch-alongs, which I have to say, for me, it was like kind of a f- the best way I had to do my homework. So it was like, mm. all right, I need to watch these two shows before mm. we obviously before you review them so the easiest way because i wouldn't have i would have fallen asleep if it wasn't me mm-hmm. but the lovely patrons joined in the uh chat our brit rest is dead tier mm-hmm. uh joined in and jumped onto the calls as well and it was yeah it was it was really great it was really really good fun mm-hmm. um did that over the two days and yeah it kind of broke me so we're back <laughs> on a normal routine now of of kind of standard five minute daily updates now mm-hmm. And I think we're doing a wrestling we'll a film, film coming up soon as well. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Ventura episode. We've uh, we've been threatening for a while. Uh, look out for the uh, the poll options for that. Uh, bit of non wrestling. I think we need it after that, don't we, Gareth? Yeah, I think so. It was a it was a bit of a hardcore one, wasn't it? I think, um, like I say, J- JP definitely the MVP. But yeah, I think the the sheer volume that. Um, that uh, wrestling um, the God between us, we must have watched over a you know a three or four day period. There, it's uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Even like when we were doing those daily updates, and you still just had like IWTV on in the background, or you had fight on <laughs> yeah. in the background, and it's just like you're just there, just watching some random thing. The volume's down because we're recording. You've got no idea who the two guys are in the ring, but you you're just watching two people randomly just going at it in the middle of a fucking cafe in Florida or something <laughs> like that. You know, it was all just a, it was all just all just a bit bizarre, and it was one of I think you said, JP, it's a bit like fever dreamish, isn't it? It's hot that you're sort yeah. of waking up the, 
the next day and thinking, did that, did that actually happen? Did I, did I really watch that match? You know, does does a Neil Diamond cutter exist and things like that? You know, <laughs> these, uh, these different oh, things. Oh, he does. He tweeted me this week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that. It gave, gave me a good chuckle that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, no uh, sequin jacket for it's him. Been a, it, it, it's been a bit a bit a lot of fun, really. Uh, like I say, I, I, I wasn't able to uh, I wasn't able to keep going and do that second watch along for the uh, second WrestleMania. I think uh, I think four WWE pay per views in four days is. Uh, is, is is a bit too far. I was definitely tapping out at th- tapping out at three. I think um, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, that was a fair, fair play to you, JP. Well done. You were you, you kept the uh, kept the kept the ship running all the way yeah. to the end. And I, I haven't gone completely mental just yet. <laughs> Although after this week, the irony is it kind of goes rap like there's there's not as much over the weekend, which is quite nice. <laughs> um, and going on to the Jesse Ventura poll, I mean. Mm-hmm. If 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 I if the if the next most stressful thing I've got to do is is watch Predator again, I'm more than fucking game. What do we think of Predator, it's Running like, Man? Yeah, uh, I, I want it to just tie out at Predator and Running Man so that we have to watch them both, and then I can just sit down <laughs> and just watch 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 them back to back, and you know that that'll be a that'll be a big smile on my face more so than watching uh, watching yeah. some of these uh, WrestleMania matches that I have uh, endured over the over the last few days. But yeah, for both of those two, definitely high on my personal favourite lists anyway. So I'll be a uh, any chance they're both that that kind of film that where you're just flicking through the channel, and you're about to go to bed, and suddenly you realise like Predators on ITV4 or the Running Man's on ITV4 or something like that and it's it's 15 minutes in and you just end up having to just sit there and watch it to the end for the nine million time again so i could probably uh, happily do either of these without uh without doing a rewatch but i'll gladly take the opportunity to watch both of them again at any wow. given given chance some of these other films he's been in mm-hmm. i mean it starts off big in 87 because it's predator and running man after that it's a film called thunderground which i've never heard of before michael ironside's in it though so that's a good sign uh, Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe, which looks potentially awful, described as a 1991 science fiction film starring Jesse Ventura, Sven Ole Thorson, with a cameo by James Belushi. So Belushi's not even in the film proper. However, he is in the 1991 film Ricochet with Denzel Washington and John Lithgow and ice tea. Uh, oh, that yeah. yeah. I'll be up for yeah. that. Yeah. Throw that in. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of ice Put tea. In, yeah. yeah, Demolition Man as well he's in. Is which he? I always... Yeah, he's in... I, I don't know in what. I know Dennis Leary's in it. Like, you know, if we're going completely like early a million times. Oof. I'd be yeah. scared to put that in the poll, Gareth. That might win. Demolition Man's a fucking great paper to wipe his ass. <laughs> Sorry, mm. I was speaking over you there. No, no, great. it's a great scene. Great film. It's a lot funnier. Like that's the really odd thing about it. Mm. And you know, Snipes is in good form. Mm. Everyone's having the fucking crack. It's very weird thing about Taco Bell winning some sort of weird. Oh yeah, they run like, every restaurant in the world is Taco Bell. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd take that. I had a good Taco Bell this weekend. To be honest, it's a big fan. Is, I can't imagine the that all, as good all, as the American one though. There is a couple of later ones. Mm. He's in Batman and Robin, which I've zero interest in watching. I don't even want it in there in case we're fucking tempting fate. Mm. Major League Two, he was in um, The Ringer, if you remember, which is directed by Barry Blaustein, who did uh, Beyond the Map. And it's with Johnny Knoxville. It's the one where he has to pretend he's in the Special Olympics. Oh, that. Yeah. That's problematic. Yeah. (laughs) 
it's not going to go well, is no. it? Like you, you're thinking, oh dear. Um, but yeah. sorry, you've just you've just lost me. I'm just uh, I'm in a you know, Wikipedia wormhole here, just looking at Ricochet <laughs> and just like re- seeing the video cover and things, and just remembering remembering it from the video shop, like. Fuck oh, yeah, right. God! I, I haven't watched this film for twenty-five years or something like that. Is that God? Oh, yeah, be up for a uh, up for a bit of ricochet. There we go. I think we got <laughs> our front runners here. I was going to suggest that X Files episode he did where Rob Van Dam's in it as well, um, but it'd be an easy hour watch. Right. I don't know if that's as memorable. Was it, right. Did you ever watch the pilot of the show that he did with Robbie Roddy Piper? There was the, there was like a buddy cop movie almost uh, tag team. TV show, wasn't there? Tag team, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I think I've I've watched that at some point. Maybe uh, if it if it doesn't have to be uh, purely movies, like if you can have a TV episode, maybe throw that one in the list as uh, as well. Given that it's got the uh, double wrestler thing in there with uh, with Piper being in there too. There you go. Should have renamed it Jesse and the Twat and had done with it. Then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! Well, yeah, we'll discuss that then. We'll uh, we'll 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 finalise that with our, our patrons in the in the post show. But yeah, that'll be a nice uh, nice break for us. But yeah, we did uh, do a lot of WrestleMania coverage at the weekend. So yeah, if anyone wants to uh, check out our, our daily reviews of the shows please do check it out but yeah we did say we'd uh we'd wrap up the weekend then on spotlight here as well and we uh, we are gonna do it now uh and talk the weekend as a whole uh probably gonna talk the, uh, the wdb shows first and then we'll get into uh the takeovers and the indies and uh the gcw and uh and all the iwtv uh type shows uh in a while as well there's a lot of it um as gareth said and lots of lots of guff to wade through so if we can do anything for you uh, as the grapple app can as a uh, Gareth will point out you can uh, you know, you'll be able to uh, see what matches uh, stood out uh, amongst the rubbish we watched it so you didn't have to um, but <laughs> speaking of rubbish one place to start and apparently the biggest wrestling show of the world in, in, in the world happened uh, this last weekend Gareth but I don't know uh, like you say we're all more talking about the, the Jericho interview than we are the two day Wrestlemania but being honest I actually thought it was quite a watchable two day Wrestlemania um, you know we did the we did the two watch alongs and you know the, at, at first that first day's watch along was looking dubious uh with all the uh, the weather issues uh they had uh, surrounding the the venue and yeah the the fact that yeah this was the first show uh, with fans who weren't particularly well um distance it didn't look like uh to my eye and as we as we as we heard uh <laughs> earlier in the pre-show there's looks like there might be uh some covid related issues coming out of uh fans attending wrestlemania weekend shows this weekend but you know i did think the fans made the difference uh and it did think it made it a far easier watch than last year there's stuff on these shows that i absolutely hated um but we could at least laugh about it together uh, (laughs) on our live stream and there was stuff from this weekend that i I did actually quite enjoy um i suppose we'll uh we'll start with uh with night one itself um it's probably the uh, the way to to go about this and yeah uh, i don't know gareth did you have any uh, broad strokes thoughts on uh, on night one uh what stood out for you what was what was terrible maybe uh the presentation in general um yeah that wrestlemania night one yeah it was a bit of an odd one really because obviously we were doing the watch along so i just like had the volume down and things so i didn't get the crowd reads um so it was something that i was meaning to just go back to a couple of these matches and just because i because i was really curious just to get a feel for where they've been piping in noise and where the actual crowd was reacting and things but even just seeing the crowd there and just seeing you know people off their seats at different points and things like that it really just uh it really just kind of gave you that 
I don't know, that positive feeling towards wrestling being back and just seeing, you know, seeing a bit of emotion, I suppose, surrounding what was happening there, as opposed to it being TV screens and things. It definitely made me probably feel more engaged with the WWE product than than I would ordinarily have have, have been, certainly. I think um I think one of the big things that that really helped with this is as as much as um, in the grand scheme of things, with the amount of wrestling that we watched, it, having that one extra show um, of, of WrestleMania, it sort of like added to the grind, but it definitely mm. helped, I think, having it, it broke down over the two nights. And I think over the way that WrestleMania has been the last few few years prior to, to COVID, where these shows just felt like never ending. And by the time that you got to the, the main event or the latter matches, you could, you know, as well as feeling a bit burned out yourself watching it, you could feel the burnout in the crowd as well. And, they, you, know, you know, they weren't necessarily getting those reactions so i think having the tighter uh, tighter cards over a uh, split over the two nights seemed to seem to work and felt like it you know it, it worked well for me i think one of the things that jumped out was that the highest rated match on the app on both nights was the main event and you know that's obviously a positive sign that you get into that uh, get into that stage and people are still engaged to the you know, to the extent that they're they're seeing the main event has been the the best match on the card, which is, you know, something that they you know they should be. And um, yeah, again, again, it was one of it was one of those where the main event did you know stand out. Um, you know, did jump out from 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 the park. Obviously, it was you know crown you know crowning the new champion there that was um you know like quite like a big moment to to end the show but um again watching watching live the thing that just stood out to me was just the the Sasha Banks performance I thought she was absolutely great you know I think she's someone in the past where she's been accused of having a bit of a boo-boo face and things like that when she's uh she, she's losing or you know not necessarily been the most uh engaged in particular matches and things like that but I thought she went the absolute extra mile to um you know put this over as best as she as she possibly could and yeah it was a it was a a main event that I, that, that, that I really enjoyed there. You know, I think the other thing as well that surprisingly stood out for me on the show was the um, Cesaro-Rollins match. Like, I'm not going to go overboard on it or anything like that, but it just as a, you know, lower down the card, three and a half star match, you know, it was something that I found really entertaining at the at the time that we were that we were watching it as well. And it was, you know, it was definitely something that was, um, that, was that, that was really, really positive for me. And, you know, I, th- I think I left night one feeling... Um, it's certainly a better taste in my mouth from WrestleManias than than I have done for the for the past few years. I'm not going to go and say it was like an outstanding you know show or anything like that, but it was it it was it felt better and it definitely left me feeling feeling a bit more positive to the product than I than I have done at that time. Yeah, and you know, like I say, we we take that positivity view with a pinch of salt mm. because you know, by the time Monday comes around, <laughs> it's a, it's it's a, always a sharp reminder of what WWE is. But again, you know, anyone who gets uh, surprised by that is a, uh, it, it's that's that's their, that's their own doing. I will always say, but yeah, I, again, I echo your thoughts there. I think it made it, you know, the fact that it was split over two nights, you know, uh, in an ideal world, there'd be one WrestleMania and it'd be four hours long match. Yeah. But we don't live in an ideal world, and you can't trust them to do that. If they return to single night shows, we know for a fact they're going to be seven hour epics or whatever. So I will take two relatively bite sized three and a half hour type shows. And that was the thing about night one as well. Like you would have expected, uh, considering the delay, um, you know, maybe maybe they could have, maybe they did rush through the matches a little bit. Maybe the matches got cut for time a little bit because it was a touch shorter than the night two. Um, 
but if anything, I think that benefited the show too, you know, despite the, the mm. late slars and, and the delays. Because, you know, I saw a factoid somebody put out there about the fact that, and we're going to talk about the takeovers in a bit, that that horrid takeover night two main event between Adam Cole and, and Kyle O'Reilly, if you if you put two of them together, that's the full length of, of, of the matches from WrestleMania night one. So WrestleMania night one only equals two of them. So to me, that's great. You know, a bunch of 10 and 20 minute matches I will take any day um, over a bloated, bloated epic like that. And yeah, that's what really worked for me um, with night one. The fact that it was like that, even if maybe part of that was the fact that they were forced to. Uh, I enjoyed the fact that they had to, you know, buy, the, you know, buy time at the start and shock of shocks, make wrestlers cut unscripted promos and again shock of shocks those wrestlers with the exception of maybe a seth rollins um, delivered you know during those those unscripted promos because yeah you know who, who knew you put a mic locker in room leader mate oh mate honest to god i don't know what locker room. If, if he's leading the locker room then that, that says everything about that locker room but yeah you know I, I, you put a mic in the hand of kevin owens and say go talk about your history with 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 Sami yeah. Zayn, he's gonna do it. Um, so from that point of view, I kind of enjoyed it too. So yeah, I think Night One really put me in a in a good mood for like the WWE weekend, despite the fact it was a it was a WWE product that you know, as we'll always say, I'm not particularly engaged in. Um, but yeah, for me, I enjoyed all that. And as far as I suppose in ring highlights go, um, I had a lot of better time watching the uh, the Bad Bunny and Damian Priest against Morrison and Mismatch than it sounded like you lots did on the stream. Um, I, I I quite enjoy Bad Bunny uh, being uh, being willing to throw in Canadian destroyers and yeah, be a be a celebrity that at least at least put a, a little bit of effort in. But I know that uh, that thought wasn't particularly shared by you lads in the live. I'm sure Will was particularly uh, angry about the uh, the skinny celebrity getting so much offense in but you know to that i would say he was working against the miz so didn't bother me um i even got some ironic enjoyment out of out of shane and braun um as bad as the match was uh, i thought it was quite hilarious it was a, a hilarious shane mcmahon spot fest match and maybe that's the they're the types of places i take enjoyment out of a uh, one day wwe and maybe maybe that says everything um but yeah i quite i quite enjoyed those as a uh, as shift fest as they were uh, cesaro seth rollins didn't do a huge amount for me for me it, maybe it's the lack of investment in south rollins as a as mr mr three stars for me and yeah i'd uh, echo you know gareth's thoughts about the the main event uh, which did feel every bit of main event it didn't feel like it in the in the build um it did you know feel yeah. like they put it in the main event to you know it was a pr um choice to put that in the main event um which is also fine you know uh, as long as they do it i suppose it's the, the right decision but yeah it was lacking maybe you know that that big wrestlemania build that all of these matches over two days were lacking and then on the night as is always the case you know these very talented wrestlers uh, these very very talented men and women get in there and make you make you forget all that when the when it's a, a big moment like this um and i really enjoyed that as well you know everything it was it was worked you know in a stiff way even down to you know bianca Belair using her hair as a weapon which was one of the spots of the weekend um the welts yeah. that left lad sasha banks is a a memory that's going to stick in my brain as well as michael cole fucking up the call for it um but you know i thought that was a you know i gave it uh i think like four uh, on the grapple app which is high praise to me for a wwe mm. match um but yeah i'd share gareth's praise of that too as well and yeah there was a uh, enough there even if some of it was uh, on an ironic level to uh, to keep me happy uh about a rest WrestleMania night one. I don't know about you, JP. Well, I like it was it was structured way better. Mm. I thought night one. So I mean, like 
the second match you had was that tag team turmoil match, and that was your ultimate top down match. That was horrific, yeah. um, and just full of very, just so much bad stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But it felt fine because it had some decent, solid matches around it for the most part. Mm. And I'd agree about what the the kind of highlights of it were. I would argue that what it lost in match quality, it kind of delivered what it needed to for a live audience and the kind of spectacle. And that crowd didn't get burned out, mm-hmm. like, which was notable. And it didn't, it wasn't like night two where it started off with a couple of absolute duds. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it was like, oh, this is, they're going to have to work harder to get them into it. They were even up for Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre, like, which I know isn't, isn't Gareth's Gareth favourite choice. Maybe after yeah, the match, no, <laughs> it was Podger, and it was, and for the most, but but when it came to the bad bunny stuff, like I mean, I, I can't help yeah, but feel that like there's so a much? lot. Of, I wasn't, I, I was I off the stream hate. at that point. <laughs> I just he stories. worked his ass off, mm. all right, and it delivered what it had to deliver. Yeah, in terms of like the bad bunny stuff. Mm. However, I come away from it was. Really, what you wanted to do was get Bad Bunny and Damian Priest over. Yeah, that's what. So Bad Bunny doing the stuff he did, I was kind of fine with. But Damian Priest was very much felt like an afterthought. And I don't know if that was the back injury that was reported afterwards about whether that fell into it. But the vast majority of the match is Bad Bunny selling. And I'm watching this. I rewatched it again today, thinking, okay. This is fine as, as like a, a celebrity match. He's like clearly really into it. He's worked really hard. Even his selling isn't that. It's not. It's not the fucking worst. Mm. It's better than you know. Lots of main roster WWE people manage to do. There is a credibility thing that comes into it, and this is why it wouldn't sort of rank highly up as a match. And I know that's not the the preeminent thing to take away from it because it's meant to be a kind of spectacle, and that it's fine for that. And they're in there with the perfect people who sold and made him look as good as he was going to look. Having Miz and Morrison in there, you knew it was going to be pretty much safe. And those big spots kind of delivered, but at the same time, Damien Priest, we should be talking about. Oh, is he going to face Raymond Roman Reigns later on in the year? Is he going to face Lashley later on in the year? There's a good couple of kind of heel champs about the place, and here's someone you haven't got as much time as you as imagine you'd have with him. Mm. So, is he ready to get into that spot? There, does he get enough out of this storyline? Well, I mean, That's you saw Raw JP and, 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 in by Miz, so no, it's the answer to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, which is why you can't even be on the reader for the daily update, and that mm. tells you where I fucking am. Yeah, sorry, that's that, that's that's terrible. See, and then so then ultimately, Bad Bunny gets over, but Bad Bunny's not going to be there every week. I Certainly not that. when fucking concerts and festivals open up. Mm. He's not going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm on the road with fucking WWE. Mm. Gonna go to the Thunderdome this weekend. Fuck that. <laughs> he's gonna be off playing in front of hundred thousand people in fucking Guadalajara, isn't he? He's not gonna be fucking around with them lot. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I that and the main event. Um, like, there's so much stuff that you said that echoed. But do you know the thing I kind of took from it is the fact that it's Sasha Banks's confidence in herself as a star mm. and knowing how to put someone over exactly the right way was like a breath of fresh air Mm. from an industry full of quite insecure people when it comes to the top about losing their spots and the rest of it. And here's someone who's going, nah, like looking at it with a different, it's very much like a team attitude. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and thinking I'm going to get this person over and she did and yeah. even though I thought it got somewhat kind of clunky towards the end it was four stars and it delivered so big and it made Bianca Belair and she's only going to get better because she's so athletically gifted it's it's not even funny she might be the most athletically gifted um, person on the roster and that goes for men and women it's genuinely incredible shit. And it says a lot that they had to cut out all the Reginald stuff in the build, didn't it? It says a lot about like fundamentally when it comes to like showtime and trying to sell the match, like, oh, we have to cut all this stuff that we he got Deborah wrote at Michael, the last he? minute. He got a Deborah yeah. Michael down of WrestleMania 17. That's what happened to, uh, to him. Yep. <laughs> and it ruins, it ruins that promo. It really does. It just, the music stops. My way stops playing. And all of a sudden, it's Deborah. It's Deborah, and you're like, mm. "Why the fuck is Deborah there? Mm. Like, what's this got to do with everything she's managed?" Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you cut that stuff out. But did it deliver a, a new main eventer? Yes. Mm. Did it keep Sasha? I think comes out looking even more enhanced as a re, as a result of this as well. And the fans loved it. And you got the visuals of her parents and her brother absolutely losing their shit at ringside and Montez forward after the bell. I mean, it's mm. it's all good stuff. And again, not to lose the significance of the moment because representation matters. Yeah. And it matters so much what people are seeing. Mm. And it feels like it's it, it, it's that women's side of the roster that's, that's so much more interesting just in terms of the character. And it also feels the way that they booked them that you can have face versus face matches or heel versus heel matches within that division. And it's not as much of a kind of juxtaposition with say the men where it has, is very clearly aligned heel and faces. Anyway, I rambled on enough about that. <laughs> Was there anything notable from a grapple point of view, Gareth, from like the night one ratings? Um, I, I am noticing the, you know, the Sasha Bianca Belair match. We're all, I think we're all in agreement, aren't we? Four star. I think that four star might as well be a five star in, there, in WWE land, but how's that going to overall compared to what we're saying about it and uh, the rest of the night? Yeah, I mean, it's that's averaging out of pretty much bang on 4.25. I mean, I give it 3.75 myself on the night, but that was yeah. at the end of, uh, you know, that was at 4 a.m. after a lot of drinking. So I thought I definitely want to go back and uh, watch it again and, you know, watch it with, 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 with clear eyes. I don't think it was, I personally don't think it was a, you know, epic stands the test of time, you know, women's match you know I, I don't think it was an absolute elite level match compared to you know some of the others that have that, that have gone before with like Bailey and Sasha and things things like that but I think for what it was on the cards and you know the, the the actual moment and the feeling and things like that that that, that came along with it you know I, I think it definitely made it stand out there and clearly did for grapple users there because I mean there's a you know there's over 500 ratings and you know averaging out at 4.25 so you know, it's a lot of people. You know, giving it over four stars there. So you know, clearly it has uh, has it the mark. I mean, the, the Cesaro Rollins match comes out at second on the app for night one at three point eight four. Again, I mean, I said I enjoyed it, but for me, it was a three and a half. It was three and a yeah. half star match for me. You, 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 
you know, it was probably exceeded expectations. But again, you know, clearly for a, it was doing a bit more for for a lot of other people out there. And then, uh, and, and then our boy Bad Bunny coming in third, third best match of the night at a three point four five. I mean, I'm not going to kick him again. Um, but you know, I, I did enough for that on the uh, the night. And JP oh, basically give us the cliff, <laughs> JP has basically give us the cliff notes of what we spent twenty minutes mm. talking about on the uh, the live uh, the, the, the live feed there. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I didn't. Um, even trying to sort of sit back and just take it as oh, it's just a bit of fun. Mm. The, uh, the 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 lover of wrestling logic and me just can't just can't accept this skinny little rapper turning up and um, <laughs> you know been uh, been able to just take it to uh, take it to a former world champions oh, and got a lot of time for skinny while rappers. He's, yeah. <laughs> while, while, while his while his massive partner gets beaten down more easily than than him. But hey, oh, who, what do I know about uh, building stars for the for the future as opposed to just uh, popping someone for a moment who's going to disappear the following week? But That's hey, oh, but I mean beyond that things you know generally fall below the below the you know, three star range there. Lashley Drew McIntyre four point three point four four. How did your party um, go about that one, mate? Yeah, do you, have a, do you have a good time or the, 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 oh yeah, I was uh, I had me uh, <laughs> had out and uh, I was uh, face painted blue as I danced around the kitchen in delight as uh, as Drew uh, didn't get his big WrestleMania moment. So um, yeah, that's uh, got what he deserved, and hopefully it won't be he'll uh, it, be uh, getting shunted back to his rightful, rightful place, uh, delivering three star matches in the in the mid card from from now on. <laughs> Oh. They're doing a rematch next month, oh. <laughs> so and he'll probably be getting it back because I don't think there's many people they're going to. They've got to actually program them against, believe it or not. Mm. Yeah, apparently, four hundred wrestlers under the contract match, or whatever. I read the other match at Backlash last year. I mean, that's that's how little I pay attention to the big Did they? Don't know. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you could be lying, and I'd believe you. It sounds completely plausible. <laughs> like you said, JP, this one's WrestleMania Backlash, so obviously there's that added. added uh, it's like when they do the uh, WrestleMania Revenge tours for the uh, the house show loop in Europe, and it's just it's a con to get your like your mum to buy. It. Like, oh, I bought your tickets to WrestleMania. And it's like you haven't mum. You bought me tickets to an MEN house show that's going to be half full. But thank you anyway. That's basically what yeah. they're. Uh, they're doing there but yeah um, <laughs> I, I, I gotta be honest I felt bad for, I, I get he's never getting his moment and even like even as even Vince as his uh, as his adopted dad um, that, that appears to love him so much just won't give him that extra bit of love to it just let him have his WrestleMania moments and have that win the telling thing is though is is how much of a star how much more of a star and how much of a credible world champion Bobby Lashley looks Maybe that's or has looked in the, in, in, in the last in, in the yeah. last month and, mm-hmm. and two two months and and I just think that's that's just telling in itself really that you know you've got a you've got a guy who's been around that long and maybe hasn't necessarily come across as been a elite level star and and, and putting the belt on him he still stands out head and shoulders above you know Drew McIntyre in this in, in this situation and definitely on the night you looked at the two guys in the ring and yeah. Lashley looked like a damn sight more of a star than than Drew did and that's not just me you know doing a oh, bit right. kicking Drew while he's down and things like that but it, it was un, undoubtable to me like if you if you'd have picked a hundred people off the street and said point to the watch this match point to the star they're going to be pointing at Lashley yeah yeah. That's a, maybe yeah. Vince McMahon realised at last moment. Or maybe he's just insane. Either way, I wish I put a bet on, lads. Uh, there was money to be made there. And there was there was money to be made on the second night because another one of uh, the WWE faves uh, didn't come in either. I saw a lot of uh, Mark Giannos crying into the cornflakes about this one. Uh, night two, WrestleMania. 
uh, and the, yeah, the biggest upset of the night, lads, the uh, the Fiend lost his match to, uh, to Randy Orton. Oh, yeah. uh, match, maybe match is strong, um, but yeah, I saw a lot of uh, kickoff from the uh, the hardcore Fiend diverse out there that have uh, that apparently still exist, uh, trying to make sense of this this genius WWE lore as to as to what possibly happened. Um, for right. me personally, that was a big highlight. <laughs> night two, um, but yeah, that was. Uh, oh, sorry, Jeffrey. No, I was just going to say, can we knock this idea in the head that if something has law or you've created a law about it, that doesn't necessarily make it good? Even it's the just wrestlers that you didn't tried... The wrestlers of like Melton reported the the wrestlers were included on why Alexa Bliss had like black stuff coming out of her head or what the idea was behind the finish. So even genius Bray Wyatt didn't even know what the fuck they were doing at WrestleMania, which says everything. Yeah, it's just. Oh, I, the worst of wrestling. And it's rematching um, a match that I went back and looked on Grapple um, from 2017. 0.94 they got then. <laughs> now, imagine if someone said to you, right, we've got a sequel. Uh, I want to do a sequel to this film. We've got 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, let's do it. Sequel, definitely to be there. Oh, was it a big main event that sold load? No, it was on in the mid card and we put some worms on the ring. First time round. <laughs> this time round, it's like, uh, he's burned. No, he isn't. Shit CGI. We're just going to walk past all of that. Explain that in your fiend fucking law, hey? <laughs> you weirdos. Because, like, there's no justification or no. explanation for this absolute shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Night, I mean, again, I've, I've, I've said this. I think Mike Rotunda's got a fuck of a lot to answer for, for giving birth, uh, just... Give his seed, allowing <laughs> this. Uh, he gave birth to him. Yeah, and that's fucking news. That's why he took time off. <laughs> Do you not remember? Left UWF. Uh, had, a, had, a, had a couple of babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's his seed, ultimately, yeah. and it's it's awful. Like, this is just the worst stuff. 90s All Japan fan, apparently. Just what would Baba have made of, of any? I mean, the box alone would have been enough to fucking send him just like, right, leave. Don't want any part of this shit. It's, it's, it's nonsense. None of it feels like wrestling. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with this character feels like wrestling. It feels like they fucked it up so badly. You can't have a wrestling match involving this person anymore. Mm-hmm. And where does this lead to? Alexa Bliss versus Bray Wyatt. And an answer to these people who come up with this law. The nonsense. Do they not realize these shows are rewritten as the shows are basically going on. Mm. WCW at style. You know, they are making this up as they go along. Mm. There is nothing to it. It's not avant-garde for doing so. It's just shit. Mm. And fire doesn't kill him, but, but you know, a fucking RKO does. Like... <laughs> It's, uh, I, and that, and that side of things, that, and that side of things that just makes it so laughable to me is that they go through all this, all this stuff that we've done through in the past few months with the the, the burning him and Alexa Bliss shooting fireballs out of her hands at Randy Orton that he managed to block at the last pay per view and things like Shoot that, and, and then and then ultimately it all funnels in and funnels in and it boils down to like a man 
pinning another man's shoulders to the mat for a count of three and that's it <laughs> like, you, you know it's absolutely preposterous you've got all this stuff going on around it and then the idea is you're supposed to buy it into is like <laughs> yeah but it but it but it all ends in a wrestling finish a straight wrestling finish kind kind of thing by by someone getting pinned as a as a result of a typically wwe distraction finish it's just uh, the ridiculousness of it all yeah. is just it, it, it's just absolutely just unbearable and you know this idea that people just trying to um like Wreck on read it. shit into stuff that just isn't there and just yeah. you know every time Bray Wyatt just puts a tweet out and he shows like a, a screenshot of some match that he had you know when he was Husky Harris or something like oh, that the death. people were going like oh long term storytelling and all this it's like no like anyone can just pluck anything out of anywhere and make it look like that there's the, there's, there's depth to it or, or, or something like that it's just uh, absolutely laughable and um, yeah I mean it's you said there about the uh, the match rating from two years ago i was i was very pleased to see this one trending at 0.81 on There's the, uh, on the app as well so, the button so yeah just <laughs> it's it's there it's called it's it's called 0.25 the lowest <laughs> point lad. on a scale yeah. <laughs> so, that's a, it's, it's a scale and 0.25 is the bottom of that scale so give it 0.25 that means dud in, in the world of grapple maths Mate. motherfuckers yeah Stick to your guns, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if there was ever a button needed, it might have been for this match. But yeah, there you go. That's it. Throw your 0.25 in because that's where it's sitting, isn't it, Gareth? Like, I haven't, I haven't looked at the average today, but last I looked, it was below a star. What are we on? Yeah, yeah, no point, no point eight two. Oh it's, right, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. been before. Yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, the idea that it's gone down from that initial match from from two years ago is just. <sighs> Unbelievable when you didn't think it could get any worse. You know, this, the uh, the sequels are never better, are they? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fast and Furious tried 10 movies uh, before they've, uh, they're given up. But uh, yeah, I'm saying that the first one wasn't very well received. But yeah, it's uh, still better than this fucking shite. Um, and yeah, like you said, the Fiend fans are still going to try and save it. Like uh, like uh, it's been said in the chat there by Chris Elliott, you know, the, uh, the, the, the there, was, there was theories. It wasn't really him. It was Bo Dallas. No, for who wasn't? Like I even saw like one of the sh- one of the shittiest uh, journos out there. I'm not even going to name his name. Trying to like draw, he, he was literally like, look, going frame by frame and looking at the tattoos like on Bray Wyatt to prove that it was really him and it wasn't Bo Dallas. Like the lengths people <laughs> are drawn into this absolute shit. He should be more concerned about clearing his hard drive, frankly. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, but no, it was it felt Man. good that even those hardcore law fans like. I think even them came like the fans who were booing after this match. Like I felt that was them. I felt like the the, the ones who expected something good out of this. Even they got disappointed. And and who was this audience? This audience was made up of people. This is going to be. This was the no fly in. Relatively few smart fans. Because I tell you what, if they were bringing in that that spring break crowd, they're not going to be making <laughs> too much noise out of twenty nine thousand. Um, it, it's it's incredible. Like that. That is a crowd that's invested in these storylines. Mm-hmm. People who really wanted to be there to go along with this, mm-hmm. and they were booing it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know what you do. What do you do with a character that is completely? It feels like it's beyond rehab, mm-hmm. unless he comes back as someone else. I don't want to see that. Makes you long for the Swamp Man gimmick stuff. That was shit. Outside of the fucking Six Man's with the shield, mm-hmm. Jesus. 
Well, Joe Hendry said we're not allowed to be mean about it because it was creative. So let's uh, let's not be uh, mean about it anymore. Apparently, that, that... how was it creative? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, not Shit all creative. You've seen in horror films chucked up against a wrestling ring. Yeah, that's it's like uh, that. Remember that WWE logic of wins and losses don't matter because if you win, it's a story. If you lose, it's a story. It's like somebody needs to wake these people up. Like you know, there are good and bad stories. You know, <laughs> yes, it's a story. Yeah. It's not a well told one though. <laughs> You've been creative. That's brilliant. Well done. Mm. What is is that? How is that how this game works? Is it? <laughs> You've had an idea. Let's shower you with praise. Oh. No. Yeah. It's about as creative as when you fucking someone smears a load of shit on the wall in a fucking <laughs> bog somewhere, isn't it? Basically, that's you like know. Somebody on uh, like, South Road. Written, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Inside, yeah. Inside, sorry, I knew that seed was in my head from somewhere. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a- it is. It is. And, um, yeah, uh, the, there are podcasts out there that will try and save this stuff and explain the law to you, but like, I think even they're struggling because, uh, yeah, you know, it's it, it's it's even bad by that standard. And, yeah, I think absolutely. I think the people who were, who were there live, who were buying into this stuff, even they got disappointed. And that just teaches you a lesson, kids. Don't, uh, don't invest in the product because you will always get burned. And, yeah, um, while I took a bit of shouting for that, I don't know if you had any other highlights from the show, JP. Uh, from day two i think it's uh i think universally it seems to be worse received than than day one uh, i don't know if gareth can tell mm. us much about the the ratings whether that's true or not as far as match by match goes but i actually in a way found it an easier watch maybe it was the earliest start maybe it was the i don't know the the, the cast of characters that was out there on this second night but i mean for me you know obviously again the the, the fiend shit uh, going down a, in a lot of flames i enjoyed um mm. just because of that uh, i thought you know apollo cruz and Big E did all right considering the, the the circumstances and the and the spot that they were put in for you know trying to get over this ridiculous nigerian drum fight I thought that weren't used. That Didn't weren't use the used. drums, mate. Chekhov's gun, mate. You know, um, yeah. Apparently, that doesn't apply mm. to WWE. I thought Owens and Zayn. To be fair to them, you know, people gave a lot of grief about Logan mm. Paul, and I think my my you know willingness to accept Logan Paul there seems to be higher than most because you know I don't really see Owens and Zayn as a sacred match anymore because WWE have run it into the ground. But <gasps> to be fair, you know, even if you had those criticisms, they kept Logan Paul out of the way. And while the camera focused on him maybe more than, you know, you some might have liked, and while, you know, we got an angle after the match, which to me is absolutely fine. You want your WrestleMania hashtag moments, that's that's one for you. It felt to me that match where they just let Owens and Zayn go out there and wrestle a match and just were like, you know what, lads, you know what you were doing, like you're doing, go out and work one of your matches or that maybe they just ignored the road agents or whatever because they went out there and they had a really fun match. I went 3.75 and it could have gone four and thought that was that was really good in the undercard as well. Um, any thoughts on that or the other matches from the undercard, JP, I suppose, before we get into the main event? Um, there's actually, I mean, I would I would say the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, but also Riddle Sheamus. Mm. I thought they were two quite strong matches and I, th- I went three and a half on both of them. And I don't know. I mean, I, I would say about the other one that that as as many problems as we have with Matt Riddle mm. um, as a wrestler, mm. he is a tremendous professional wrestler. Mm. And so him and Sheamus had a really good match, and he got as much out of Sheamus, someone who his neck is being held on with gaffer tape at this point. Yeah, it was um, a good stiff have, match, wasn't it? Well, 
good stiff match that didn't overstay its welcome. I mean, I would say with the, I enjoyed Sami Zayn's Kevin Owen. I think we on the watch along, we were all happily going along with it, and it was it was good fun. And they were breaking out some of the, you know, when you see the blue thunder bomb and the rest of it, and you, you just think, oh yeah, they're just having the crack, aren't they? They're just going for it. And it had the ending with Logan Paul, uh, Logan Paul, and him taking the stunner. Because originally it was going to be, they were talking about it was going to be uh, the Logan Paul was going to punch out Sami Zayn, and that was oh, going to really? be the moment. And it's just like he is not, he is not a fucking face. Like if there's one thing you need to know about this bloke, he is a heel. And he took the bump. He took it. He took it badly, but it kind of looked better as a result of it because he kind of came sort of right down on his neck, and he. And it, you know, Stone Cold Mick Austin delivered what he what he needed. That made right. So, what it was? Oh, what the um, the stutter? Yeah, it really was a snap, mate. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> but it did it did the job in that sense. It, I think it did the job it needed to do. So for that mid card, it was fine for that. I think Asuka Rhea Ripley was kind of just lost in the shuffle because it was on before the main event, mm-hmm. and it felt like it was going to be they were going to be doing that crowning moment it didn't come across obviously as big as the the one on the night before but I, it was fine for what it was and it's just those first two matches that that women's tag match was just absolutely fucking unbearable and they gave that 40 minutes for reasons that just make zero sense and yeah it really didn't enjoy it i thought it was terrible mm. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was bad. That was the low point of uh, of the show for me as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed again. Enjoyed Rhea Ripley and Asuka as well. And yeah, you know, same as you. The Logan Paul stuff off the match was fine. I, what it is, I just don't find it would be. I mean, you know, you guys, you know, made valid points about that bad bunny stuff on night one. But at the end of the day, I'm like, well, it's WWE, so who cares? If he'd have knocked out Sami Zayn, I probably would have just went, well, oh well, it's WWE. Who cares? <laughs> but I think it's that I think it's that who carelessness though that took away from some of me. So, like, say for example, like the the Owen Zayn match, the Riddle Sheamus match. Mm. Like, I've ended up giving them like you know three point two five, three and a half for the Owen Zayn, and mm. that's good for what they. You know, mm. reasonably good for what they were but I was kind of just watching them just I, don't, I just felt kind of I don't know almost like in a, in a void almost it was just like like what like what are they what's the reason for them the <laughs> they just I don't know I, th- I think it's maybe just more my mindset around WWE or something at, 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 yeah, at the moment but it just that. it just all just feel it just all feels mm. a bit pointless and it just sort of takes the edge off it for me that it almost doesn't matter what they're doing and you know i don't think they were out there pulling up trees by by any means they were just on there having good solid matches that you know you see a hell of a lot better you know very regularly around the the, the world and and i don't know it just just sort of takes the takes the shine off it a little bit for me and you know i think all right fair enough it's a three and a half star match and it's a lower card match on wrestlemania or something like that that's mm-hmm. that's that that's fine and well enough but kind of when i see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I've probably still got those rose-tinted things across uh, yeah, <laughs> across my, maybe that's my right. eyes, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking like, no, I want them guys putting on a four point seven five star match here because I know they've got mm. got it in them, or you know they mm. should be able to get me engaged and invested into it at a much higher level. But you know, you, you just, I don't know. It's almost like you just need to forget about that and just you know mm. sit back and 
consume as opposed to thinking about it in too much detail and you know again i think that's that's kind of one of these these things that i found probably trickiest with with this wrestlemania and wwe in general is that i still want to think about i still want to be impressed i still want to think about things critically and things like that and then you just can't so it's so it just makes it feel a bit a bit pointless to me and and that, that's the way a lot of this undercard felt to me there was stuff on there that was was decent enough but not something that's worth giving a second thought to or even ever thinking about watching ever again in my life, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, but I might rewatch the main event, like, you know, as, as a, as a, I suppose a strong point uh, of the show. Like, I, I don't know what we all thought on that. I gave, gave that four stars. Um, and yeah, I think uh, when we get into the grapple stats in a minute, I think it's sitting around there as well. Um, that is something I would say I, I enjoyed. I don't know. I don't know whether you know. Maybe that point you make there, Gareth, like stands here as well. That you know, I did see some like that basically Roman Reigns pinned Edge and Daniel Bryan. So what the mm. fuck? Like yeah, Roman Reigns is being like you'll say one thing. WWE like to make Roman Reigns strong, and as a heel, I think I actually kind of dig that as part of his character. But again, that might just be me going. Oh, well, I don't care if they go scorched Roman Reigns because I don't care about this this product one bit. Um, but I thought that was a memorable way to to end that main event, and I felt like yeah, Roman Brian and Edge did enough creative stuff in there to rise above you know maybe what i expect from a, a wwe triple threat type match again i'm giving it four stars which doesn't maybe i've got a mental ceiling when it comes to wwe matches i can't go can't go any higher than that it's just the uh the bitterness in me that stops it but yeah i thought that i thought that was a lot of fun i i enjoyed the creative way they got jay so mm-hmm. out of the match earlier um maybe a, a little bit more creativity could have been given to the finish with just basically roman going mad with the with chairs until that that, that pinfall that i mentioned there that i did like from from that bit but um yeah i i enjoyed that i thought it was it was laid out well it was it was all action it felt to me it felt like the pace never stopped mm. it didn't feel like there were big stretches where one person's lying down and the other two are exchanging rest holds in the match or to me it kind of just felt like one continuous 20 minutes of movement um maybe that's the work and you know maybe that you know there were little rest spots in there but i think they they use the three-way match not to not to let you know uh, the work rate slip and let you know somebody have a little nap on the outside while everything else was going on, but to can use those three bodies to make sure that there was constantly something happening. Um, and for that reason, it worked for me as a main event. And yeah, again, four star might not sound like high praise, but I think I overall enjoyed it, and it it made me leave the show with, although it was a, a an unhappy ending with the heel going over with you know maybe feeling positive and maybe that's why again i thought this night too was a was a as an easy enough and a enjoyable watch too don't know what your thoughts are on that one i enjoyed it mm-hmm. i think on the watch along i think it was the the, the like you say is echo a lot of the thought uh points you make particularly about the sort of constant movement mm-hmm. i thought the crowd dynamics were interesting mm-hmm. because expecting them to boo edge that didn't seem to be the case mm-hmm. um Daniel Bryan obviously gets cheered because he's Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns got booed, mm. which I thought he played into really well. And I think that gave the whole thing a, a grounding rather than it having a kind of three-way mutual respect thing in a, in a main of It's like in some ways that gave it a kind of clear delineation. Mm. I was surprised by the ending, but I'm kind of all right with it as well which normally I kind of wouldn't be, but I was quite glad that it felt very definitive about like, okay, we're going big with Roman as heel, as killer heel, 
and you think of the kind of really big money matches they they want to be going for, which is him and Brock again, but also just with a different dynamic. But him and him and The Rock would be the one that ultimately you'd be thinking, all right, if you've got to sell Dallas and you get a chance to do it, that's the one. Plus you're having The Rock in as a hero up against his heel cousin. You imagine the kind of promos and stuff like that. So I, I was kind of fine with it. I think it was, I think it was worked very well. And I think it was the match of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went four stars on this as well. I know in the watch along, we were all watching it. It was, we enjoyed it, but we were all surprised by the finish as well. I was like, oh, bloody hell. Mm-hmm. Right. That's pretty definitive at that point. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was, I was just glad they didn't put the title on edge. And I think that's part of what that's yeah. normally their thinking is put it on the part time. And I was just glad they didn't go down that route because leave it on Roman. Mm-hmm. He is the most, he's like the best thing that you're doing from a kind of character perspective in really in the entire company, like in terms of that big main event, be someone who's like kind of embraced being a heel on that night mm-hmm. and you just thought oh it's great like w- when he gets to cut promos in front of fans it's going to be interesting to see frankly how quickly it is before they start cheering them mm-hmm. that's going to be the real I was shocked test. at that I was shocked he wasn't the baby face mm-hmm. I know Brian's always going to get cheered but I was surprised the crowd actually went with Roman Reigns as a heel I don't know as Sean said in the chat I don't know how long you know it is it, WWE is the company of heels um, so mm-hmm. you know I don't know how long you, you you keep it that way. I don't know how long you can prevent Roman Reigns getting over as a babyface despite this booking. But I thought I actually thought that was a pleasant surprise, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it was it it, it was, but you know, I think um, I think it was the you know fitting in with that. that I think it was um, it, it was the right decision overall. I think with the the, the way that you know, I think from from what we've seen and what we've talked about over the last six. 12 months is unquestionably been the best thing about the company is it is definitely comes across as the biggest star in that moment there the fact that you know they've you know one of the few things that they've done well is present him in a heel and used various different devices to make you know keep him still as a heel with um with the way certain matches have been worked with 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 uso and certainly some of the opponents that they've put him in there with as well you know it's 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 all been in a a a tick in the right direction and then i think the um the, the validation of the crowd of treating him like a heel you know again to me just felt like a positive I think the only disappointing thing for me is 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 the I mean like JP's reference in there like oh, opening it up for the Brock match or for the Rock coming back and things and I just wish wish we just had that fresh sort of every man baby face just emerging through the mid card as you as you might have done in in, in days gone by because the, the idea that you, you keep him on top as the heel and then eventually you've got this person who comes through and he's fresh and he's new and he knocks off Roman at the top of the top of the card you'd be making a star you'd be making another star in that environment and then unfortunately they just don't have that because everyone you know you look across these these cards on the on, on the last couple of days and and pretty much you know everybody that we've seen there the the guys who they've already they've had their run they've been in the main events there mm-hmm. you know to, to to some degree you look at you know your Seth Rollins your Bobby Lashley Drew McIntyre Braun Strowman like on day one uh, people that were included there and then you look on this card as well where you've got like your 
you know your Kevin Owens, your your, your Biggie, your Apollo Crews, and things like things like that. Sheamus, you know, they're all people who've been in and around it for for quite a number of of years, and you just wish almost that one of these um, these you know talents that they that they they've brought in and that they've had you know quite a lot of exposure in NXT or something like that had maybe just been rushed to the main roster you know you know a bit quicker or somebody had been held back a bit longer or something like that that you had somebody coming through that 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 felt um, felt fresh and new yeah Sean saying there in the chat Keith Lee mm-hmm. but you know again you know you wonder if they've maybe I don't know they've maybe yeah. tainted him a bit too much really you know so you know so far to to, to come through i just i just i feel like they're almost just that the, there's that blank space there that really could Would have been you know, you know, could help to, to yeah could yeah. help to to elevate interest and when you think they've got the volume of wrestlers that they've actually got under contract the fact that they haven't got someone who can place in that position is really kind of telling and really frustrating as well because it feels like there's an there's an opportunity going go and miss there definitely definitely um, I mean, it's at that point then as well. What, what, so I went um, four stars on on that main event. But uh, what did you guys give? What did you give it, Gareth? And what's the uh, the grapple average looking like for it and the the show as a whole? I mean, I gave it three point seven five. There's a match. It was good. It was fine. But it, yeah, again, it wasn't nothing that was a. Uh, I wasn't getting out of my seat when I was watching it earlier earlier today. Uh, by by any means, you know, it was fun. I enjoyed it. But um, yeah, it was it was, uh, you know, probably the um, you know it was it was something that it didn't hold my interest for the amount of time. I thought it sort of started well in the mid mid part of the match. I, I waned off a bit, and you know, I, I enjoyed the finish. Um, so it, it wasn't quite at that same level for me as it was for you. But on the app overall, it's. A, like 4.14 so it's you know it's just, it's a touch over four stars for people but it's not even in like the the Sasha Bianca Belair range or you know anything anything like that really but you know I you know based on the averages that you see on the app over the course of the year anything over four stars is pretty fucking good for WWE because it's very very rare that they deliver a match that is you know averaging out beyond that point so you know that has to be that has to be taken a positive and mm. in terms of the card as a whole like if you just take an average of all the matches day two comes out you know lower than you know day one day one average probably out at about three stars overall this is this has gone under that but again it's dragged down a lot by the autumn fiend match you know it's almost <laughs> like if you take if you if you take if you take that anomaly almost out of the, the situation it's it's yano it's pretty it's pretty much parity like day-to-day really sort of thing yeah. but oh. shows were probably about as about Makes as good it as long for yano mate <laughs> it's yano in the g1 isn't it yano and uh, who was the one on the other block uh the shit last year in the g1 Ujuro. Ujuro. Ujuro, yeah. <laughs> who's not even a comedy wrestler it's just these crap <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that was the Ujuro of this wrestlemania weekend that match i think that's what it is <laughs> thinking the place of um i mean before Please we move- Respectful to Ujiro, <laughs> even beyond Yano at this point. I'd have taken a Ujiro Takahashi match over that fucking Orton Fiend shite. <laughs> I think I would. <laughs> it made zero sense on a WrestleMania card. I'd have happily gone with it. Oh, I'd have took a Drew McIntyre title win over that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get crazy. <laughs> but I, I was going to ask quickly. I mean, we'll do this for for each segment. But like match of the weekend from a WWE main roster point of view, what you what you what you shout? Um, I, I, I for me, I've got to go with that main event in night two. Although Bianca and uh, and Sasha does come close. Uh, I wanted to vote for Shane and Braun in the cage because it was Shane and Braun in the cage. But I don't think anyone shares my love of uh, of that. Not even JP, uh, who loves a bit of Iron uh, Man, but you know. <laughs> 
the best bad wrestler in the world and a bad match. He I'd say the, ba- the, the, <laughs> the match the match of the weekend would be the night one main event for me. I think as as much as anything for the kind of spectacle. That's nice, though, in the end, the two main I rewatched events. it. Yeah. Sorry. yeah, and I was thinking that's a great thing, isn't it? Like you're talking about your two main events because that's the feeling ultimately you want people to go away with. Mm-hmm. And that night one is happy, and that night two is like your kind of overwhelming heel. And being brought up on kind of WrestleMania history, where its face is going over on a relentless loop, mm-hmm. it's quite nice to see a bit of that, uh, a little bit of a mix. But yeah, I, I, I'd go with I, I'll go with um, Sasha and Bianca Belair. Yeah, I mean, I gave them both three point seven five, but I'd probably go with the first night. I think um, just because I think that that felt like something that I'll probably remember more in six months time or 12 months time or something like that it's probably going to stand out to me to, to a bit more than the the main event on the second day but there was nothing between them really for for me they were both just you know just good enjoyable matches without necessarily being groundbreaking at any level fair enough fair enough but yeah moving on to the non-main roster WWE stuff for the weekend takeover and we can probably talk about the you know the two takeovers as a as a job lot here and you know, if I ask you that question at the end of this, I think we're, I think I kind of know where you're going to go. NXT felt like the, uh, we can probably lump at NXT UK in this discussion as well. <laughs> felt like the weekend of Walter, you know, the way you have like a WrestleMania weekend MVP. <laughs> Fella flew out, had one match, had one match in the UK and walked away being my WrestleMania weekend MVP. Um, but yeah, you know, to, to get onto that takeover point, so that's probably is the place to start. It is, uh, it is Walter. Um, and yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a hard choice for me. What I enjoy more, there's, match with champa on this takeover or as much with rampage brown who yes i will admit i really enjoyed uh, an episode of nxt uk television um last week uh yeah it was uh, actually one of the better shows of mania weekend which also hurts me nobody clipped this and send it to jim smallman um but hell of a hell of a weekend for uh for walter i thought and yeah i felt like that again the rampage match and the champa match uh, were just yeah both awesome and yeah that champa match mm-hmm. was a particular highlight too yeah, I think both of those, they, they, you know, when you say they're about like, what were your, your matches of the weekend from a WWE perspective, both of them definitely jump out ahead of both WrestleMania main events, which is pretty wild that you're talking about a uh, NXT UK TV match has been better and more enjoyable than a, um, a, a WrestleMania main event. But it's, you know, it's absolutely the, absolutely the truth. And, uh, you know, I think it was just, um, I, I think, I think in comparison with the, the, the Champa match, I think I, I, you know, on reflection, you know, watching them a couple of times and things, I think the Champa match just slightly just takes the the nudge for me. But I think the main fact that they were just so differently worked and, you know, I think, you know, we talked about this last week was was obviously Rampage physically being a much more um, similar physical size and threat to Walter, whereas obviously size differential in the champion match means that it had to be worked differently and they had to build in the uh, hand injury and things that Walter's uh, done in the past as as, as well that um, but there was worked worked really well but I mean again I think it just I think sometimes people get um, get this idea in their heads about Walter maybe they've only been able to work one way or you know, you know bullying smaller people or things like that whereas I think this again having these two matches in close succession and them been so different and the opponents been so different and even like the match length and things like that being uh, different. So it just showed a bit more of the diversity of Walter and it just shows that the, the level of matches that he, that he, that he can put on and, you know, both of these were 
easy four star matches, four star plus matches for for for, for me. And yeah, and, you know, I think I think the, the 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 telling part of it is that again, NXT has shown as they did with the Dragonoff match that if you put on these types of matches, you can generate buzz and you will get people talking about them on Twitter and you will get people wanting to watch you know NXT and people will be prepared to even talk positive about NXT UK when they when they do put this type of thing in. The problem is is now that there won't be another one of these probably for another three yeah. months or something until they put Walter in there again with <laughs> somebody else who'll go out there and just have a have a have a great match and then instead of trying to work the, the show around this style and just present something that looks a bit different and feels a bit different to standard WWE product. They're just going to go back to WWE light on their TOs for the next uh, few few weeks until Walter gets wheeled out again to to, to go and pull a four star match out of his ass with somebody else. But um, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, just what a, like like what a man, what a wrestler. It's it, it, you know, I just look back. Just I don't know. It's it's almost like tinged with a bit of regret now that you look back and you just think how good we had it just being able to just go and see Walter on all these indie shows over the last yeah. few years mixing it up with all these dis- different opponents putting on great matches and, and you just think why didn't I appreciate this more <laughs> in the moment when I just got to see Walter all the time and you, you, you know having, the, having these having these matches because I think we said about it on the one of the update shows last week that he felt like a long lost friend or something when you see Walter walk out and have these oh. matches and you think why is this why is this guy hidden away why is he not the one of the biggest stars in the world why am I not seeing him on wrestling TV constantly you know it's just uh just just very odd but very pleasant to see him uh see him last week oh yeah and you know the other thing we said over those shows is he must just tell the wwe road agents to fuck off like <laughs> sure michael yeah. must turn up and be like okay what you're gonna do is you're gonna stare at your hands you're gonna wonder about the violence that you just hit with the chop and he's like no i'm having my match and he goes out there and he has he's still serious walter <laughs> Barely anything's changed about him. He does a big splash now, but he was doing that on the indies at times too. That's the only real change. Mm-hmm. He still goes out, doesn't have a finisher, still goes out there, you know, wins matches with lariats or a power bomb or a chop, as we saw on TakeOver. And yeah, he, he doesn't get involved in any of the bullshit. He goes out there, he see, he's like he lives in his own world. Um, Walter, you know, whatever's going on around him, he's going to go and be Walter and be legitimate. Um, you know, even to the point where I don't like to, you know, say any nice things or even, even Jim Cornette can recognize it, you know, and call, he calls Walter one of the best wrestlers he's ever seen. I heard in a, in a clip this week. Um, that's how much he enjoyed them. And mm-hmm. yeah, he is like, like, Gareth, you nailed I think it was you that said that on the stream, you nailed it. Like seeing a long lost friend. And it just made me sad that, yeah, it's going to be another six months before I, I think about Walter again. Um, but when I do, I bet you there'll be another near five star match again. Um, Love. Yeah, maybe I didn't go that high on this one. I think I went four point two five on both of them, um, but I could have easily gone four and a half. Um, yeah, so yeah, the weekend of Walter JP. Yeah, completely echo all of those thoughts. Um, he's amazing, and it does make you realise. Oh God, we had it so good when he was there, and it's mm-hmm. it doesn't matter in the environment, does it? No. Like if he was on that WrestleMania card, I think that match would have been getting over with the people as well. If mm-hmm. that had been in in the stadium in front of a live audience, a like mm-hmm. big audience. And what was notable, actually, I would say, is on the NXT, on the TakeOver cards, the live crowd were cheering him mm. because he's fucking class. Mm. That's why. That's why you end up cheering him. Um, but they had they pumped in the booze for Imperium, and it's like, nah. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you want to... What they want to do with him is the stereotype thing, but the problem is he's really fucking good. And that is the thing that ultimately kind of gets you over. And yeah, we went into a, to a lot of detail about both of these matches, but the fact that you're talking two 
two different matches, two different types of opponents mm. um, are being broadcast within two days of each other. And you're like, yeah, this guy is like, he, he's special. Mm. And it's his, just his attitude to wrestling and his own character presentation and everything else is just absolutely spot on. And we've seen it since he was, you know, on the rise of Walter when he was coming on to like progress shows, big daddy Walter and the rest of it, when it was like the real, like he was being seen by a very large audience. Mm. You know, this is someone who's kind of very much true to what that character is Mm. and it works heel or face front of a live crowd in an empty arena setting. It doesn't matter. It works. That's it. And we love him. And, you know, uh, there was a, a, a conference call afterwards where it was like, you know, is he going to stay in the UK? Is he coming to America? And Triple H had shown my husband, like, well, you can basically see between the lines Walter does what Walter wants. And yeah, we can fly him in. It's a, it's a six hour flight. We'll get him when we want. Um, but I think, you know, he's going to. Apparently, he's really loyal to NXT UK. That's what Triple H said. Uh, maybe that's the reason we don't see him so often on there. On NXT, he just loves he loves the Enfield warehouse. Um, but yeah, what a what just a want to live in man. Florida. What a stubborn, wonderful man he is, JV. I love that about him. He's got a nice life. Yeah, he's got a nice. He's got a nice little life in Austria. Austria. Everything's fine. He doesn't. He doesn't need to to go I live think the he's in Germany. Oh, is he in Germany? Sorry, living in Germany. I think yeah. he's in Germany. Well, you know, like exactly. I think it might be around that part of the world that we've been to, which seems inexplicable that people would Essen. willingly choose to kind of Essen. Yeah. <laughs> Go to Essen. Like we did hmm. waiting for a train in the freezing cold and a fucking suspect bookies watching <laughs> champions league and drinking bottles of water. Thinking, what's going on here? Great memories. Suspect is Essen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what a man Walter is. And yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm glad he exists because, um, yeah, we need more wrestlers yes. like him. But, yeah, he was my absolute highlight of the weekend if I had to pick a low light and we picked on it a little bit earlier. Um, for me, it's got to be that Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole match. I'd be fascinated to know, Gareth, what the grapple stats are looking like on this one. Um, we had a bit of a conversation about it, you know, during our, our recapping that we almost all felt, like, pressured. Like, I gave it three stars because probably because Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly were in it and they went 40 minutes and they tried. Um, but like in reality, like I, I really, I mean, if, if I could use the word hate for the freestyle match, I hated yeah. this match. Uh, I hated all 40 minutes of watching this when I even, I wasn't even paying full attention to it. I had one eye on blood sports. I think it was at the time um, during it. I never, what I did see, maybe never want to go back um, and see this thing again. And hearing you guys talk about it didn't, uh, didn't convince me otherwise <laughs> either. Bloated WWE, epic, bloated nonsense with weapons and, bullshit um and yeah everything everything i hate really about uh monday nxt um but yeah mm. uh, yeah just no fun at all and unfortunately you know these nxt shows we were all quite happy about night one weren't we We were all mainly mainly because of the walter match you know talking about it as a really good show to start the weekend and yeah night two uh gareth made that a uh, that all come crashing down yeah, I mean, this is you know one of these like as I as I said last week, it was one of those where I'm like looking at the the average on the app and like my you know my mind boggles. You know, it's oh, like three point yeah, it's it's like three point eight six currently on the app as the is the as average rating. Oh, like I'm changing three, it to zero point two five right now. Three hundred <laughs> people and yeah, unfortunately, but it was, you know it's got three hundred people rating it at that level. So nah. that zero point two five won't even make a dent. Can't you know it's Don't uh, do that, it's not gonna it, it's not gonna pull it pull it down. I mean, it was a 
it was a three-star match for me, and it was a three-star match that I, same as you, I hated in in so many different ways. You know, I find it very difficult to pull anything positive out of it, other than it's two good wrestlers you know, having a wrestling match for a certain amount of time that you know that has got a minimum level that you can probably go to with it for 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 me because still a lot of what they did do that was 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 fine and in the, in that mid level range but it it was everything about it that was that should have in theory you know pulled it up and you know if you're going to devote that amount of time to something and you're going to put a match like this that's unsanctioned so it's the options are absolutely unlimited as what you can what you can do with it the, the you can be so creative you can be so violent you can etc etc et all these different things that you can build in they just didn't achieve it. They just didn't deliver on it at all. And then the bits that they did do, it just felt so contrived. It just felt so manufactured. The aggression or heat wasn't coming through at all. You know, a lot of the weapon stuff was just felt a bit lame. It just didn't really, you know, it just, you know, I, I talked last week about the shitty little chain that they use, like to wrap around your leg when you're doing a figure four, like, <laughs> wow, big deal. Or wrap it around your, your shin when you're jumping off the top of rope, like, so what you know of Adam Cole getting his bloody toolbox out and getting one of the weapons out and then you know ultimately just not even using it and just kicking out of the ring and things like that you're like come on give me some blood give me some hate give me some you know aggression give me some violence give me Britt Baker that's what that's what I want in this scenario <laughs> get the get the misses round to show you how it's done Adam yeah 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 it, it, it was I think it, it's a three star match. I went two and a half on it because it made me quite angry. Um, and yeah. I pointed out on the, on, the, on the update that we did. Well, during this match, I managed to have a shit shower and a shave like during <laughs> it. And I was still bored of the bits where that wasn't happening. Um, I felt genuinely cross about that. Um, but it's a three-star match pretending to be a five-star epic. Yeah. And that that's why the disappointment is so much more to it. Mm. A three-star match on the mid card, you're, you're fine with it. It's the context of where you see it. But if you're building up to this being really special and basically it turns out to be a tenet of a match, if I could think of it, like the Christopher Nolan film, which is all of these things, just overblown fucking nonsense. Mm. And you just like, I don't get really what's happening here. This is just like kind of very, very silly. Mm. It, it was just, inc- I found it incredibly dull. Mm. Um, and and not creative. I mean, Gareth, you hit on the nail on the head. I mean, it, it was just something that didn't. There was no real creativity to it. It was a stand WWE hardcore match that was just far too long. And yeah, brevity was needed. I mean, I looked on in horror after ten minutes watching this, and I was like, how, how much longer is left in it? And I looked at like another half an hour. I was like, you fucking what? <laughs> like, what? What's the justification for this? I'm bored already. Yeah. And you just like, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think it was. I just think it was absolutely awful. Yeah, it was. And and and, and, to, and to that point as well, with it being like a forty-minute match, like it's 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 an it's it's an unsanctioned match where people can people are using weapons. They're they they're in theory been so violent that that it's not allowed to be sanctioned because this guy as, as well. This guy's got a neck injury allegedly that you know means that it can't be sanctioned or you know the level of violence that they need to go to as well needs means that it's it's unsanctioned, but it can still go for forty minutes. Like no, like this sort of things, like. 
you can't have a brutal, aggressive fight that lasts for 40 minutes. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it should be something that it's, you know, it, something like this should have a 15 to 20 minute ceiling because they should, somebody should be so fucked up at the end of it that there's, there's, there's no need for it to, 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 to last that length of, length of time. You know, that's, that's surely the whole point of a match like this is that, that it, it's not some wrestling epic that goes on forever it's something where people are trying to do maximum damage to it mm. to, to each other in whatever different ways that they that they can and again that's that's another way that it didn't deliver the fact that it didn't give you that and then it just kept going and going and going and going and like yeah yeah like, you know, I think I tweeted about it last week. You know, they piped in the fight forever um, chant into the into the arena, and like they didn't literally mean it, lads. They really didn't mean it. You know, just just because it's piped in doesn't mean you have to do it. Yeah, like, yeah that's a and yeah. I again, I, I've gone in. I feel better about it. I've, I've changed my rating to two and a half stars now. Um, Good. Take that. Good Take Grapple average by no point no 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 one. <laughs> Whatever effect I've just had on that, I probably had no effect. That's just like Gareth. But Every little I helps. Feel I feel better. Um, yeah, that that's it. And there are people out there who will scream and shout about it being a four to five star match. But you know, like I said on the weekend, those people and maybe they're healthier than I am. But those people mm. just don't watch enough wrestling if that's what they if that's what they think no. a match of that that quality is. And again, you know, JP, we can't, you know. Yeah, it's probably better for you to not watch as much wrestling as we do, especially this weekend. But yeah, if you're one of them people, like them and the people who went back after after an okay WrestleMania, watch Raw and were shocked that Raw was bad. Um, they're top of my list this week for fucking morons. Like, learn your lesson, lads. Like, you know, in, inexcusable, <laughs> inexcusable. With the overriding message being, when it comes to Raw, you don't have to watch it. No, you know, you well, can just not watch it. You can read and the results quite on happily. Or listen to the daily yeah. update from JP. Yeah, listen to the daily yeah, update. Yeah, that's the sale for the Patreon. Yeah, do that. <laughs> there we go. Because uh, I'm not watching it, and I'm doing a daily fucking update. So, like, take that as like from me. You don't have to watch that shit. Yeah, you really don't. No, and you don't lose anything either. In fact, you no. gain. You gain three hours of your life. Yes, and you, and you don't. You don't lose out on. You know, if you do tune into a pay per view or something like that, you don't lose out on any backstory that's going to add something to the match or or anything like that because it doesn't exist. Watch the re- so yeah. watch the recap and you'll see the non-story. You know, uh, so some guy I tweeted this and some guy literally replied to me and was going, "Well, that's just letting them win. We've got to hold them to account. Oh yeah, yeah, you hold them to account, mate, and watch Raw every Monday for three fucking hours. You spend your life doing that because I'm not. Yeah, uh, you know." Um, Speaking of hours, we won't get back. Actually, I, I, I'm I'm calling these people out, but I actually watched NXT TV yesterday. Um, so you know, I'm one of the uh, maybe not one of the eight hundred thousand who watched it on uh, on USA, but I'm one of the people adding to those uh, those numbers uh, on BT Sport at least on our end. And the one thing I took away from that show was fuck me, Killian Cross is their champion. Um, that was the other thing yeah. I didn't even realize watching the second night to take over. Uh, like I said to you lads, like I watched it going, ah, oh, that was a bit shit. Um, apparently it was one of Killian Cross's best matches against Finn Balor, but you know, if that's one of his best matches, I, I don't want to see his yeah. worst matches. And then I slowly found out that he had a belt and I was like, oh, that must be the North American title. Nope. The NXT title. Uh, and he came out on NXT VDT yesterday, cut the most generic promo I've ever seen. I was thinking of you, Gareth, right the way through it with his generic look and his fucking choreographed entrance and just looking at it going, what has NXT become? That's your champion. Um, that for me is yet the other big takeaway from this weekend. Um, I don't know. Big fan of Karrion Cross, JP. 
happy you got? Is he is he is he up there with the uh, no. Eli Drakes of the world now? Oh, okay. No, and he's an XMLW and AAA guy, so you think I'd be That's all over this shit, That's wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, his sort of gladiator meets cosplay MMA stuff is mm. terrible. Mick with a supernatural twist. Mm. Do you know? I put on NXT um, this morning. I saw his promo and I switched it off. I went, I can't be asked. Yeah. I went, nah. Like, I just get bad vibes immediately from this. Mm. It's completely uninspiring. Mm. Like, I with him on top. I, I, who's watching it? Who likes it? Who likes the character? What is it? What is this meant to be? Mm. All of this stuff. Why is she singing the song? Mm. Yeah, I mean, the match itself. I thought Finn Balor was was good on the night to take to take to get him to that level mm. but he's weak it's like his selling is bad mm. and he does and his striking isn't good mm. it's like all of the things you think he should be good at for this role he's not actually good at it no. what he is is a look and it's a look from an e- from a bygone era like it's muscly bloke you're br- getting in you know it's 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 a fallback to that and it's just it's not a real human being and it errs on the side of the supernatural. My fear is they're going to love it so much that it is going to go full-blown supernatural. It turns out he's a fucking devil worshipper or whatever. And it ends up on main roster. And it's like, yeah, we found our new Bray Wyatt slash Undertaker type character. Wouldn't surprise me for that. He's also very injury prone. So like, yeah, there's always that. I'm not wishing him injury here, by the way. <laughs> Fallen prey, JP. Fallen prey. No. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> prey? What? <laughs> what is what? it? <laughs> so, like, so, so, like, going there, what? Catholic fucking mode, shall I? Like, I mean, really, for what? Or chucking a bit of Greek or Orthodox prayer. You know, how, how does he want me to go about it? What Specifics, place? Carrion, if that is your real name. <laughs> Some some really choreographed entrances got over an alien NXT, so everyone's got to do this bullshit now. That's that's where we are. Uh, we've led to the obvious end result of Karrion Cross being a, an NXT champion. It is what it is. Yeah, it's not like the glory. It's not like the glory days I was talking about the other day when it just used to be signing indie, sign some indie wrestlers and say, "Go out and have a twenty minute match and just work, work how you want to work it, and it'd be for the NXT title." Is it like now when you've got fucking Carrion Cross in there? Just like, really, is this the guy? Is this the guy that's gonna, you know? Halt the decline in NXT ratings. Is it? Is this the? Is it? Is this the guy that's going to make Tuesday nights the big nights to 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 watch NXT? Or is he the guy who's going to come through onto the main main roster and uh, halt the uh, decline in in ratings year on year and things like that? Like, like, oh god! Uh, if 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 this is the idea of somebody as being like your your big star, your big champion, like. If somebody's having those ideas, then like God, it just tells you why they're in the position that they are currently. If if, if this is the one that they put in the bigger tick next to when they uh, line up their two hundred wrestlers and think, right, who are the guys here who we can do something with? Because um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to go into the detail of it again, but like, I don't, I don't even think he's a look. I don't even. He's got no charisma. He's he can't do anything in the ring. His character's meaningless. Like. You know, said the other day, he basically just looks like one of the Basham brothers or something like that. You know, he doesn't <laughs> stand out as being like awesomely unique or something. He's just, no. 
You know, you know, his body's not the greatest body you've ever seen, or anything. Anything about him is is there's there's nothing that's above a average level in in any regard. And in fact, quite a few of his things fall below an average level. Really, when you when you break down what makes a star wrestler, like yeah, he's got he's got he's got nothing there. So um, he's certainly not somebody who's going to be making me think. Oh well, my Tuesdays are uh, are free. Like, yeah, let's watch a let's watch NXT when I'm not watching Dynamite. I'm I'm certainly not going to be one of those uh, crossover viewers that they're open to game. No, Pardon not. the pun. Yeah. <laughs> Although you could team him with someone, perhaps with the surname Chris, and have him come out doing a crisscross oh, gimmick and then jump. Jeans. That would be more interesting, wouldn't it? Put a um, backwards jeans on him. I'd bang into it. That could work. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, here to make you jump. Fallen prey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should be on creative, mate. Um, but yeah, they they were kind of the the main stories coming out of Takeover, I think. But I don't know, you guys, any broad thoughts on on the rest of it? Like, I I was just going to point out, you know, quickly. I, I did again, did think that for all that negativity, which I think is deserved, I do think day mm. one was a good day of wrestling in having that Walter match. Yes. In there. I enjoyed to see the Pete Dunne as an opener match, similar to the Walter talking point. It was like seeing people I hadn't seen in a good few years. One positive from TV this week, actually, as Ewan's pointed out there, is Kashida's ditched the jeans, look finally, so he's in trunks. Looks a bit like prototype era John Cena now, so that's a positive. But no, I did enjoy that match, even if maybe yeah, Pete Dunne isn't the miracle technical worker that the commentary is uh, strangely putting him over as at the at the moment. Um, like I say, Walter Champa was great. Thought great the. Um, the tag match, the three-way tag, uh, was really good. Uh, yeah. I think Grizzled Young Vets, you know, uh, as we've said last time, they had a, a really standout match on these takeovers against the MSK in a in a in a straight tag match. They offer a grounding to these types of matches. That okay, yeah, this one went a bit more off the rails than maybe that straight tag with MSK, but they they offer something to 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 this tag division, and I really like MSK as well. Um, who again, strangely, were booed on NXT TV this week by the six fans in attendance. I don't know what that's all about, um, but I do like I do like them as a, as an act and as a babyface act. So that's a bit bit disconcerting that that happened. But I gave that three point seven five stars. So I really enjoyed that from the uh, the day one as well um so yeah there was a couple of you know maybe the the year shirai raquel gonzalez main event on day one disappointed but i thought there were a couple of you know strong matches there worth recommending at least from day one if uh, if day two had, had nothing really for me other than you know slugs doing two to three star matches yeah it moves it, it moved at a pace it was a lot more exciting that day one i mean i felt quite upbeat after the day one the second day was an absolute slog it felt like it was a slog from beginning to end to get through every single match. Um, yeah, if you're going back to watch stuff, it, it's it for me. It's the night one. You're watching that that tag match. You're watching the 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 Walter match. They're the things you're going with. Anything notable from the star yeah, point of view from the nights, Gareth? Yeah, I mean, I, I think as well. Like, obviously, we've mentioned the top three there with the two Walter matches and the Adam Cole. But I mean that. The tag match there, the the Grizzle Young Vets and um, Legado and MSK that getting like a three point seven seven, you know, Kashida Pete Dunn, three point six five, Ishiro Gonzalez, three point five nine. So there's all stuff that's three three and a half stars or above there, you know, jumping out there from that um, from that day one show. And I think it's, that's just kind of reflective of the way we felt at the end of end of day one, feeling very mm-hmm. upbeat and fresh for our week of wrestling. And um, <laughs> remember that, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. A long time. 
time. That feels like, feels like a very long time oh, ago, yeah. that. But, um, Independent but, yeah, wrestling hadn't started at that point. Oh, we're getting into that <laughs> of it, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, but yeah, night two didn't uh, deliver the same, you know, obviously, you know, the, the highest rated match was that Cole O'Reilly match, which obviously we weren't uh, great lovers of, but, you know, the you know you look at the other stuff, Jordan Devlin, Escobar, you know, Balacross, Gagano, Reed. There were all matches that are, you know, on, on, you know, three and a half star, under three and a half stars, really, kind of thing. So again, again, it nothing by comparison uh, with, with with that, and the uh, the week was starting to sour at that point. Yeah, definitely. I know. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that was the point where the the weekend felt <laughs> the WrestleMania weekend <laughs> excitement had, uh, had well and truly dissipated with all of that. But yeah, you know, I. I I'd say, uh, lads, what's your uh, what's your match of the weekend? Even what's your performer of the weekend uh, for NXT? Uh, but I think we're uh, we're all in agreement on uh, on Walter Walter Champa for that one. And oh yeah, you know, as we said earlier, Walter is the uh, the man of the weekend. So at least there's uh, there's that positive coming out of it. But yeah, as we uh, as we just said, then the thing that <laughs> the noose around our necks this weekend a little bit, JP was uh, was the Indies. And you know, as you said, we did do a podcast. Uh, you JP did the podcast with Sarah Farrell. Uh, um, going through indie mania, as it were, and, and her thoughts on it, and me and you on the on the Saturday show kind of shared those thoughts on the the current state of the US Indies, which is not looking like a good place coming out of this weekend. So we won't do the full lecture, but I think we're gonna hit on that point a little bit um, as we talk about our highs and many lows um, coming out this weekend. As I try to forget the fact that I've seen eighty-seven thousand Jimmy Lloyd matches. Um, Jordan Oliver, mate. Ninety-seven thousand Jordan Oliver. Fucking Jimmy Lloyd even turned up in the front row of WrestleMania. He wouldn't fuck off this weekend. <laughs> I, I can't see your that. reaction. To that was hilarious. I can't it believe it was like... really him. I thought it was a bit. It was. He posted pictures. On <laughs> like fuck off, with you mate. Take a day off. Um, oh, how he became the fucking. I suppose he is the Tommy Dreamer of GCW because he was shite too. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I was sick of the sight of those two fuckers by the end of the weekend. But let's start with a positive with, with GCW, and I do think overall, while I've got negatives to say about both shows, I do think Bloodsport and Spring Break overall delivered on what they were at least supposed to be. Um, and I would say, you know, the big story of the indie weekend is thank God for John Moxley because the indies and GCW particularly would be a very miserable yeah. place without him. Um, and GCW's weekend, kind of, you know, other than the fact of being the weekend of eighty-seven million shows in front of twenty bored-looking people in a parking lot, um, it was the weekend of John Moxley. Um, you know, specifically um, the match at Bloodsport, which we should uh, talk about with uh, with Josh Barnett, mm-hmm. which for my money uh, was the match of the weekend but it's it's not like it's it's not close at all like you say those walter matches there that run it close for me um but yeah absolutely love that and then to add to add to matters turns up at the end of the de- of a death match on a on spring break and looks like he's setting up a match with nick age as well uh what a man moxley is does what he wants turns up steals wrestlemania weekend and yeah if it wasn't for a man named walter he'd probably be just on the basis of one match be uh by my wrestlemania mvp what a bloke what a life he's got uh got there jp Oh yeah, yeah! Thank God he is. This is that he's got a real passion for wrestling because independent wrestling be fucked, and it says a lot that independent wrestling is basically relying on someone who is a contracted talent for two of the major wrestling companies in the world to be the savior of the independent scene, which tells you really it makes you wonder how it got to that place, and you realize the level of gutting 
that has gone on, how far it's been stripped away. Everyone's been signed to the point we are getting to that kind of fifth tier wrestlers getting signed. So there is no depth on any of the shows. Um, for the most part, like watching a lot of the weekends wrestling was, was quite horrible. Um, in particular, I'd, I'd say Friday would just felt difficult because the conditions were awful. I mean, once it started and you saw, um, like five people sat there, the baking, not sun, people are feeling ill. Gino Medina gets knocked out straight away. There's a lad, um, JJ Garrett, who, who looks like, like a mini Scott Steiner, like puking up in the rings. His match is called off. It looked like a shit show from that point onwards. And the highlights are very few and far between. There's like basically one show that I would recommend for people to go out. And it would be the, um, Southern Underground Pro and Action Show, um, uh, Have Fun, Be Sad, of all of the shows to kind of recommend for that weekend. But all the big GCW stuff that came that came out was like it was basically Moxley between Bloodsport and what you're coming out with. Just like really fucking amateurish, I have to say as well, for the most part, like GCW in particular. I have to say, like really is like, there's, there's just a point in time where like, it feels like the commentary's bollocking you for watching it and not loving you everything that you're watching. And they're talking over a Nick Gage entrance. And I know there's been a lot of discourse about it, primarily because commentators aren't meant to turn into fucking shock jocks. They're meant to commentate on what's happening on the ring and know when to talk and when not to talk, which is something that Kevin Gill can't do. And I have to say, it's a criticism that does fall on myself. So I do recognize that as being an issue, but there is like, and I was talking about this with Sarah, there are fundamentally so many problems with the American wrestling scene at the independent scene in the U S like real problems that it goes into talent depth. It goes into the overall presentation. It goes into how they kind of market themselves as well. Um, what are they trying to be? There's basic booking issues, issues with storylines. There are some talents out there. Don't get me wrong, but they're very few and far between. You don't think they're going to be around for too long. I wondered with Sarah, like my theory is, is that this is as low as it kind of gets. Cause I think the visuals for this, if you're comparing Mania, and we're talking about twenty nine, you know, twenty six thousand people enjoying it both nights, like screaming our heads off for the most part, even if it's booing Hulk Hogan for being a massive racist, which is great fun. Um, here, the optic I'm stuck with is like the fight stream comes on, and all of a sudden it's like six people are there, and I'm just thinking I don't really want to watch this show, like I. I just immediately, the optics take you out of it with the exception of Bloodsport. Bloodsport was the one time where it looked and felt like a normal WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Oh, and for the most part, the matches were absolutely bang average. Like there are, there is, there is less than five that I would be saying, go out of your way to watch. And not lot of, all of these are four star matches. I'm talking like, yeah, they're enjoyable referees kept on fucking up like mm. it was it was just like a litany of mistakes teddy hart would walk in why is he out of jail why because he's teddy hart <laughs> like yeah woman missing for fucking months and it's just like nah let him out and then he turns up at these shows 
it's just, and it's when you see that kind of stuff happening and, and then there's new Jack, you know, there's so many things from this weekend that are just sort of flooding back to me as I'm talking through. And it doesn't make you think the best of a US indie wrestling now, does it? No. I'll stop. You seem very scarred by it, JP, because I feel like I asked you about Moxley. I went to the toilet and came back and <laughs> I came back yeah. into full blown angry JP. I, I can't well, blame you though. It's been it's it's been scarred this weekend, it has. What would what would US indie wrestling be without AEW and New Japan superstar John Moxley? Yeah, that's like that is the question. That, <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. It is. It's it's a shit show, mate. Mm-hmm. Like that that Saturday show we we did was like one of the hardest wrestling shows. That's I think that killed Gareth. Recorded. <laughs> yeah. We've recorded a lot. I, th- I think that was like when we got to. Yeah, I was I was doing well up to that po- that point, and then I think as as we got to the Saturday, and it was like my Saturday became like well, we had like normal jobs to do in and around the house kind of thing on a Saturday, and then we had like I had to do stuff with Alex, and I had to do stuff with Sadie, and then there was football on and things like that, and. I was thinking, like, how how urgent is it that I go out now and watch this yeah. two star US indie match that <laughs> twenty people are in attendance for and watching it? And, you know, and it's, yeah. it becomes one of those things where it, it's like almost like obligation versus enjoyment. And I, and I think at, at any point where like the enjoyment goes and the ob- obligations outweighing it. You know, I, I would sit there all day long. I would watch wrestling all day long. If, if I could just sit in this house by myself with no wife and no children, I would watch wrestling 24-7. And <laughs> well, I, but I still think that by from what I saw from the Indies this week, I would still, if I was sat in this house by myself on that Saturday, I still wouldn't have been tuning into some of these shows, even if I had no other commitments in my life at that at that time. I think that's how low some of these had sunk for me. And I, th- I think some of the most disappointing things as well for me were where I had looked at cards and I had earmarked matches or particular wrestlers and things like that that I was excited about watching or I thought, like, oh, these are going to be the highlights of some of these events. And, and even they weren't delivering as well. So it wasn't so much necessarily the guys who, you know were unknown to me or it was the ones who were um again just just were bad workers or things i I think for me it was where i was thinking like oh yeah i'm really looking forward to watching like lee moriarty a few times over a few days because i've liked some of the stuff i've seen in the past he was someone who i I felt under delivered you know i was excited Mm. about seeing some of leo rush's stuff were him working with different opponents in different environments and things like that again he's someone who i felt like in a a few of the different things was you know phoning it in to some degree and you know you know Ultimately, it ended up outside, probably, of that Bloodsport main event. And, you know, to some degree, I suppose, the meme enjoyment of Rich Swan against Two Gold Scorpio, and that was all about the entrances for me. You know, yeah, there was still, obviously, some physically impressive stuff in the match from from Two Gold that I enjoyed. Beyond that, I'm, you know, I'm the same as JP. From what I watched from the, from the Indies, I would very much struggle to recommend anything to anybody, and it just left me feeling very down on things especially in an environment where we're so down on the british indie scene as well and you're kind of hoping like oh maybe there is a couple of gems out there that might be some 
fly-ins or something like that, you know, next year or something that's going to help pep the scene up. You know, if if this is the best of the US Indies, then it's not just uh, it's not just Britress that we need to worry about. It's just the independent scene as a whole we need to be uh, be be particularly worried about at the at the moment. Australia, mate, stick with that. Aussie grabs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It'll get hollowed out itself at some point by WWE, but mm. like, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, I'm just I, I, I'm looking. To, sorry, I can't argue because like we're, we're veterans of this at this point, aren't we, JP? And I don't know why we, we put ourselves through it. You know, like as like Gara said, there if we, if we had every freedom in the, the world, we still wouldn't watch this shit. I mean, you've got a lot of freedom. We watch this shit. I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> um, I almost feel like it's it's a meme itself, like our WrestleMania coverage. But it was the tough. It was the toughest weekend we've had doing this. Like I'm not, you know, not asking for violins. You know, we got a Patreon where we're paid to cover this stuff. So you know, we we did and. You know, we found bits of enjoyment where we could find it. Um, but all in all, it was that. It was it was empty shows in front of 20 people in car parks where, you know, the wrestlers, as is the... This isn't new. WrestleMania weekend, you know, it's wrestlers who are working too many matches. You know, what happened to John Oliver got got injured over the weekend. I think, it, you know, I think it was a match with JD Drake, maybe. It all bleeds together now. But, like, of course he did because yeah. you know he worked 27 matches that day <laughs> like you know like they never got, and none of these matches are ever going to be above three star even the good years you know like uh there was a year me and you did jp where i think joe was saying to us oh recommend us some matches sounds like he's had a good that time that weekend and it was like oh actually yeah there are it's a lot of three stars really because yeah mm-hmm. how hard is it to to stand out and and do something interesting on a wrestlemania weekend and you you times that by you know the the low attendance because of covid and again as we said with the WWE, there's been you know stories coming out today of uh these being super spreader events someone who went to gcw uh posting on twitter today saying that uh he's uh he's tested positive for covid he won't be the f- he won't be the last even if he is the first um he'd had a jab as well apparently the first yeah, jab. yeah well that's yeah. the thing you can still you can still pass it on and you can still get it it just won't yeah. kill you is merely the, the point with the with the jab but you know for that reason these were low attended. There were no fly-ins, so that that element, you know, really even dragged it even further down. And then, as you've both said, the the lack of talent out there on the Indies was was there for for all to see. You know, there was a point during I had Fe show on in the background. You know, and it was just like you know, I need to take this off. These are one star like standard wrestlers I'm looking at here, and you know, I'm looking to find like you know on the on the Acid Cup first show. You know, there was an RS and aramis match which you know i kind of enjoyed that on, on an ironic level and you know you, you find a little bit of a, a diamond in the rough there but you've got to sit through 16 matches with you know wrestlers you've seen 15 times already this weekend that are that are not even at that three-star standard you know and that's that is the the story you know of the u.s indies at the moment and you know like i say we, we've talked a, a length a lot about that you know on patreon but you know uh, i will say you know again i did find some you know enjoyment out of these shows i thought iwtv was mm. was a winner of the weekend i think you know okay yes you know not all of the shows were great and yes they were not great attended you know but they had this setup in this cool looking bar that 
in a way kind of made me think oh you know despite covid you know if there wasn't covid concerns maybe i wouldn't mind being plonking myself there and getting to see some of the you know the the, the fun action that came on those shows so maybe we can list that maybe there's a couple of matches there maybe jp that we can say uh we're good even if we're not saying sprint out and, and watch them but lower barrier to entry i'd probably say with the iwtv shows at the end of the day you're paying seven odd quid um and they were delivering a lot of you know shows this weekend so i will i will shout them out as maybe a you know a positive of the weekend even if not everything delivered for me and on the gcw side you know yeah it was it was a matter of a lot of the same people having a lot of the same matches and i'll say some positive things now about blood sports and about spring break but you know i've got plenty of negative to say about those shows too um because yeah even those were a level below you know what what we've had in previous years i think i agree with both of you that blood sport was the highlights of the weekend as far as indie shows go mainly because mm. of that main event uh mainly because of you know um moxley and barnett as i said before going out there and having for me potentially the match of the weekend the match with you know blood and hatred and you know uh, a, a, an element of feeling violent that the nxt main event <laughs> definitely didn't um that was a big highlight of my weekend even if that show you know uh, struggled to grab me in a lot of points because they, for some reason, stacked it with sixteen odd matches or whatever it was in the end, where there was a lot of try. You had to you had to sift through Chavo Guerrero coming out to his Los Guerreros theme and trying to do you know teasing doing you know triple suplex spots in in a match with Rocky Romero that existed for reasons. <laughs> you know there was certainly some you know negative that goes with that on the undercard as well. Even you know. As much as I enjoyed that main event, I mean that's a, and again, you know, positive there. That's a main event that that did, you know, make it, didn't it, Gareth? And like the the top matches of the weekend. So you know, at least there's that we can, we can recommend people to watch, even if we're not gonna, you know, shout from the rooftops about a lot of that undercard. Yeah, I mean that that match, the the Barnett Moxley match, it's like averaging out at four point two two on the app. So it's literally again right up there with the you know the. WrestleMania main events, it's right up there with the Walter Champa match. The it's higher than the Walter Rampage Brown match and things things like that. So that's you know that 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 definitely almost stands alone. It stands it stands against absolutely anything else that happened at WrestleMania this 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 weekend has been been great. And you know again it was probably you know it was it was there as you know if not my highlight of the weekend you know it was it was it was second it was definitely the the independent thing that i got the most in, enjoyment out of watching and again it was for that you know the the aggression that was involved the clever way in which they worked the idea of mox being able to you know have a in theory legitimate fight with a you know a, a ufc fighter as you know made it look credible as well you, you know with the the knees and the elbows getting caught mox doing you know different you know biting and things like that and yeah. stuff yeah you, you know they worked in lots of just different things th- things that that gave it that credibility and it was it was a real positive but yeah for for, for from my point of view i think blood sport was as a whole was the best of the indie shows that I watched personally as well, because although, you know, there was some dross on there, you know, you know, I certainly didn't enjoy like the Chavo Guerrero match that you, that you referenced there. You know, I think I gave that one two stars against um, Rocky, Rocky Romero, but you know, there was other stuff in there that, you know, I did buy into, like I really enjoyed that Alex Coglin Royce Isaacs match, you know, that was something that was a positive, you know, the, 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 the Chris Dickinson, Shane Mercer match was decent. And the, you know, I think, I think from top to bottom, it was the card that probably felt like it had, 
more highlights on. And then because these these matches are, it's quite fast paced and they are short and things. It felt just a bit more accessible and it didn't feel like, oh fucking hell, I'm sitting here now for twelve minutes watching two guys that I don't care about having a bad wrestling match. That's going to be like one and a half. It's you, you kind of knew okay. There's going to be a, a pretty quick turnaround. If I'm not enjoying this one, within about five minutes' time, there's going to be another match coming out that that, mm-hmm. that might be a positive. And you kind of you know you take that main event out of the out of the equation though. And like I'm thinking, what were my highlights of the 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 indie side of things? And and it is two cold Scorpio and Rich Swans entrance to their match and it's yeah. New Jack's pissed entrance to his match and like literally it's like <laughs> laughing at New Jack being drunk coming down 10 minutes into a match that's already happened and then watching you know two guys dancing to two good tunes on their way to the ring and if, 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 if that's the highlights of 7,000 matches that have happened over the course of a weekend then, <laughs> then, again, then, then again there's a there's, there's not, a, not a whole lot to be positive about and thankfully I just didn't watch it watch as much of it as you two Mm. <laughs> yeah do you have any other so, thoughts on Bloodsport JP before we, we move on to, to other stuff like I, I'll be honest I mean I know I know you didn't enjoy it and that's why I didn't reference it there I enjoyed Slack and, and Super Beast but that's me enjoying the other uh, as we pointed out on those shows the Super Beast <laughs> meme um, but I, I agree with Gareth on like some of... pull out the blade <laughs> sorry sorry. he bit sorry. his ankle for a DQ back JP don't you want that on a Bloodsport card um, no I understand but it wasn't for everyone's cup of tea but I do agree with Gareth you know on like particularly Royce Isaacs Alex Coughlin was a, a match I really enjoyed on that blood spot on the card. I don't know if you had anything to add there or, or anything else to say on blood spot. Uh, your man Yoya up against Leo Rush. Um, like I you know, it was interesting just having a lower uh, weight class, but he was someone who 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 stood out as well. Um yeah, but I, I would have to agree, it kind of lives and dies by by the, the main, main event. And, yeah. you know, twelve on there is just far too much. Yeah. Um and it's like you know. Yeah, it's it's not there. I mean, there's there's other stuff. There's individual matches that I'd perhaps say pick it pick out. But yeah, if you watch, Bloodsport has a novelty for it for me. Yeah, yeah, it's the most it's the most worthwhile watch of the weekend, and yeah, and and again, it's got the most worthwhile match. Um, if you're looking to cherry pick, <laughs> but you know, you're you're right. You can get away with not watching all of it. Um, and I think the same goes for Spring Break as well. I won't spend too much time on it, but uh, Spring Break mm. was a real slog. Um, this year it was just it was too long uh, it was way too long and the matches on the sh- it's always too long and that's usually because of the the fucking stupid uh, <laughs> yes, r- r- rumble they do but you know um, the clusterfuck but uh, this year it was more for me just the 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 featured matches all went too long um, you know Joe Janela Chris Dickinson for some re- way outstayed that welcome with me um, you know a match that I thought I'd really enjoy in well at least until I'd seen 87 million matches with Jordan Oliver and was Jordan Oliver and Leo Rush which also outstayed this welcome and went too long um, and yeah it felt like a spring break show that just didn't have the identity of previous years part of that was by design the fact that they didn't go with the, the Joey Janela branding on it they used the storyline with Ricky Shane Page to make it a, a show presented by them but on a on a drab weekend I felt like that took even more um, wind out of the the sales of the show. You know, uh, I know that the meme stuff that you get on those shows isn't going to be for everyone, but it is kind of the original place where those memes happen. Um, and a WrestleMania weekend is when you can get away with it. And it didn't have much mm-hmm. of that, really. Um, you know, it had those matches. It had, you know, Masada 
looking like shit in a deathmatch earlier on the show. Although it did make the main event deathmatch look a lot better by comparison. So whether that was on purpose or not, I think that worked. It had Effie versus Gregory Ryan in one of the worst matches I saw all weekend. It had an extremely disappointing... He's awful. He is bad. He is bad. Um, Yeah, um, we learned that. Well, we knew that already coming into this weekend. Uh, But, you know, it had a lot of those negative points that really drag it down as an overall show that me and I can't recommend it to people. But on the other hand, with some caveats, you know, it did have a couple of matches that I personally would recommend. Um, I think, you know, whether your mileage will vary on it or not, I think, you know, the Gringo Loco, Black Taurus, Ares versus Laredo Kid, Dragon Gate, Bane and Aramis um, match is worth seeing, if nothing else. You know, it was... uh, a flip fest is what it was um, that I, yeah. I got a huge amount of enjoyment out of. I thought it was creative uh, in a way that you want to see on these indie weekend spots. There were triple dives. There was an awesome spear spot where Black Taurus caught a Laredo Kid coming coming off a springboard where it looked like Laredo Kid was in the air for about five minutes before he landed. There wasn't a huge amount of logic in there, but you know that's what, it's an indie six man. It's what rest, WrestleMania weekend was built on these indie six mans, going back to the Dragon mm-hmm. Gate six mans from you know early early Ring of Honor days, um, and it, that was the one match on this card to me that felt like made it feel like Mania weekend. It made it feel like you know what despite my complaining about these shows in the US Indies, you know, we haven't been able to travel for a year. <laughs> Maybe I would consider going to Dallas next year if, if you can give me a match, you know, like this or, or something akin to it. it. That match particularly did did appeal to the, uh, the indie wrestling fan in me. So I'd recommend that. And if you are, you know, willing to go with it as a death match, Ricky Shane Page and Nick Gage, I think, delivered what it was supposed to do. It wasn't at the level of, you know, the their match from February last year that we talked about and that, you know, I was uh, very much the high man on uh, with my four and a half stars, but it was, you know, still, a, for me, as far as death matches go, a 3.75 star death match. And we had the discussion, JP, I would say, you know, because of the story coming into it and the fact that they built it for so long and the fact that it had those personal stakes, the violence meant a lot more um you know even if you you haven't got the stomach for a death match you can always you can see the difference in a death match like this compared to a, a death match like the masada match that was earlier on the show mm. or, or the 87 death matches that happened on on various other gcw shows over this weekend uh again that's with a you know a heavy caveat of you know if you're willing to go with the style and you know obviously jp you're one person who wouldn't um but yeah th- that i did enjoy and you know if anything for the moxley coming out afterwards and the spectacle of him going nose to nose with nick gage i thought that was a good bit of business as well so yeah a bit of a bit of positive there from from me to uh, to go with the uh, the negativity gage is a superstar on that level isn't he mm. um the problem is you're still relying on nick gage aren't you so, like, <laughs> that, is an issue. Be that is an issue <laughs> he's unlikely to be signed by wwe but you do never say never Really, don't uh, you? I mean, robbery, you know, they got worse criminals on the on the uh, on the roster. So, well, <laughs> I was going to say he's honestly he's compared to to, to large swathes of uh, of of wrestlers, he deserved a slap on the wrist. Mm. Oh, Nick, don't rob a bank while on crystal meth, mate. It won't. <laughs> well, I, no, I won't do it again, my honour. And 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 he leaves. Mm. But yeah, it, I, I think it's. Um, like that that was good i mean i think you hit the key point which is spring break is kind of meant to be a fun show mm. spring break in and of it so that's the reason kind of behind the name isn't it and it really wasn't fun 
that's the thing I found with it. Only when it hit the Lucha Six Man at that point, I was like, "Ah, oh, this is silly and kind of nonsensical." But I'm absolutely fine with it. There was other stuff that was going for like overblown epic, like Janella versus Dickinson, that just didn't land with me in the slightest. And what were built up to be weird kind of dream matches to absolutely no one that would like Jordan Oliver versus Blackheart Leo Rush. And it's like, who fucking wants to see this? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I actually think this card generally, and it, I'm not a deathmatch person. So like I, I say that it's, it's just entirely lost on me. Um, if you can watch the Lucha Six Man, just watch that from it. And then yeah. see how you feel on the death match. But everything else on that spring break card, if you didn't see, fine. I mean, that, to be honest, that's that's the only match I've watched thus far on this card is is the six man based on your on your recommendation. And even that to me was like a three and a half star match. I, I, I was watching it thinking mm, there's a bit of snow blindness, I think, there from you guys. And the, the, at that point, the volume, volume you've been watching that it was this sort of like beacon of light sort of there at the end of the tunnel that maybe got that's maybe been overrated, perhaps beyond uh, beyond what it was when I watched it. Quite you know cold cold light a day today after a few days break from from wrestling uh, it, it it felt a bit clunky and a bit slow in parts and things and it wasn't what i thought it was going to be but we said this on saturday though it's the idea of like you're in a desert of just general kind of mediocrity and any little bit of water seems like an oasis it just seems like yep. it's absolutely brilliant and so you you're more willing to go with it it tells you about the the level and quality of wrestling around these cards, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, and I think when I looked at the, you know, because again, this was, you know, I've enjoyed spring break shows in the past, and then, so I was, this was one that I thought I will watch all of this show. But it was then when I'm coming to it retrospectively, I'm looking and it's like Leo Rush Jordan Oliver for 22 minutes, and you know, the app tells me that it's a two star match and things. I'm like. Not not spending twenty two minutes watching, you know, watching watching that. You know, I will get round to watching the main event definitely, Nick, um, the the Nick Gage match. But again, I looked at that and it was like a twenty four minute match, and I'm like, I'm okay, I've got to find some time to actually, you know, it's one of them. I, am, I, 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 am, I am interested and I'm intrigued to watch it. But, you know, especially from having seen, you know how the story had been built and things like that over the longer period of time and stuff like that. I mean, you know, it does, it does have that intrigue in me that, it, that I will, I will watch it, but it's just, yeah, just, just find it 24 even that, though, minutes to sit down. But even that, it, it has the story going in, but you wouldn't know about it watching it because the shitty ass commentator doesn't bother to fill you in on it. <laughs> and they didn't even, but they didn't even do a video package for it. The best built indie wrestling storyline Yes, it's got all these layers to it that you know nerds like me who follow GCW are into, and they don't even bother. They don't even. They, they spend five. They spent what ten minutes setting up the ring, JP, and didn't even. They had like a little promo video for it, but it, it you know it was like a like a little movie type one that told one element of the story, not the full thing. It was awful. Yeah, I th- you got the impression the dark side of the ring were there filming with um, Nick Gage. It looked like one of their uh, things. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah, they, it, it looked like something with that. I mean, it's very bizarre. I'd say uh, two of the highlights from the weekend were the uh, discovering what Neft Russian vodka is. It intriguing <laughs> seeing those adverts. And the brilliant use of a uh, Hey Man, Nice Shot by Filter in yeah. the Orange Crush adverts as well. Mm. I shouldn't be talking about adverts as being the highlights of a wrestling show, <laughs> but 
That's kind of what this show does. Well, no. but I mean, but I mean, it clearly, you know, even just looking at the lineup, and you know, it just, you know, I just associate Spring Break with just being a bit fun and a bit different and things. Like I, I think back to like a couple of years ago, and like obviously. Uh, you know, again, you know my thoughts on Joey and Janella, but in the right setting, in this setting, like yeah, there was that Janella Marco, there was that Janello Mark uh, Marco stump match, and then that was followed by like the Tony Depp and No Legs match, and you know on the same card you just had things like Atani on there against Nick Gage, you had the Invisible Man, Invisible Stan stuff. Yeah. You know, the following year you had things yeah. like Ricky Morton involved, and, you know, LAX and things like you know, you know, just just different random people plucked from different eras and mm. you know different parts of the world and just putting on these combinations that are right the match might not be great but just for from the the fun standpoint or the like you know whether it's something to to laugh at or just the meme of a certain wrestler appearing or the surprise or just the intrigue of wanting to see oh what mm. does he look like now or how is he going to work these days and things like that and and it, it just didn't appear to have any of that. It was just like I was looking down the card, and I'm just like, oh yeah, it's the same old guys who were on every other show that's been going on this weekend as, uh, as well, pretty much. And it just didn't feel differentiated in in, in any real way. It was lacking out even as well. Yeah, not even something like that, which was the year. I think everything you mentioned there, Jake, Gareth was like the one two years ago, so that shows you how good that weekend was compared to, to this weekend. But like, it didn't even have the atmosphere of previous years as the other issue, and it was packed in there. And that's not because there weren't people for this show, and you know, whether there should have been people or not is another concern. It was the shitty audio. Like, they're not using SmartMart video anymore, and whatever production company they're using, you know, the picture looked great. The sound was fucking terrible all weekend. You could tell the people were going nuts during Gage RSP, but you couldn't you could see it but you couldn't hear it and the same happened you know it might have even dragged down my rating of of barnett moxley because if i had the crowd going nuts in my ear as well instead of overly loud you know we said that on the night that the commentators were turned up to 15 out of 10 and the the rest the, the actual audio from the venue was turned down to one out of 10 i might have gone another half star on that match if i'd have been able to hear the crowd going nuts so they didn't even give you that you know it, it was a letdown from from that point of view too um and yeah lord knows you know as as jim said in the chat there like lord knows what money they made over this weekend because yeah let's yeah. hope uh a lot of those hundred and fifty pound uh, fight or versus are they now? Not versus, whatever the company is. That Triller, um, Triller, uh, yeah. That's how Triller's a uh, big money. Our new uh, corporate overlords. <laughs> I've well for you, Triller. <laughs> I love Triller. <laughs> I uh, said nothing but good things about that Raekwon and Ghostface battle. Honest. Um. <laughs> hey, um, look, they're doing Askren versus J- uh, Jake Paul as I. Oh, was that this weekend? Yep. There you go. I might have to get it on the. App. I might have to get it on the app. <laughs> Getting good with the new lads. That's okay. Good, good, good. Um, Always been big fan. I think it's hosted by one of the blokes who's in um, say who was in Saved by the Bell. No, oh, is that true? Yeah, yeah. I think... Not Dustin Diamond. I... But, uh, is it Mister Belding? No. Well, that would be fucking news, wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd sell a pay per view or two. Weekend. Of- <laughs> sorry sorry he's not even fucking cold is he lads? <laughs> <Poor fella. laughs> well they're not listening oh, <laughs> let's face it. Please, no. 
Uh, no. oh. He certainly is. R.I.P. and peace, Screech. I've got great memories of Screech. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, before we do move on, actually, I will, I'll just, again, quickly, I thought For, for the Culture was all right to show. I share Garrett's praise of the uh, of the two mm. gold Scorpio appearance being the main thing you need to say on that show, even if I wasn't as uh, high on the rest of the show as, uh, as a lot of other people were. Other than that, the GCW weekend was just made up of a whole load of shite um, that is absolutely not yeah. worth going out your way to see. I do want to say, though, you know, before we do go, you you know, from the IWTV side, you know, like I say, uh, I think there were some highlights there. Um, I know, you know, you particularly, uh, JP had uh, some, other than New Jack, uh, some highlights there. I did think, yeah. for me, like the one that stood out for me was the Hab Fun Sad show, which had the uh, Arrett Royal versus yeah. Daniel McAvey match on it. It had Violence of Forever versus Finn Juice on it. Um, both of those matches were, were a lot of fun, um, you know, yeah. even, yeah, I, I do, I did, they, 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 they offered something, uh, it felt more like a a well-rounded wrestling show, I would say, than than anything else yep. over the weekend. Um, and I think you know, I'll I'll take that. You know, even if you know none of those matches I mentioned there are five stars. You know, even AJ Gray and D and uh, JD Jake was the opener on that one. Um, that was a fun yep. big lads match. You know, I think that was maybe my week, my highlights of uh, of their weekend. Yeah, I would also say as well, um, IWTV Family Reunion. Mm. Uh, I'd say part two is one of the better. Well, there's a couple of good matches in there. Kevin Koo versus Daniel Garcia. Mm. Um, someone who really does have something. Uh, he has a touch of the Zack Sabre Juniors about him in terms of his wrestling style and, and his physique as well. I thought Kevin Koo had a, had a good weekend then there as well. That was yeah, um, like a title. And also um, Cabana Mandan versus Derek Neal for the new South heavyweight title. I thought that was... That was like a really good, fun David and Goliath sort of class. The nicer thing about the IWTV shows is when they did get it right, they felt like kind of like just small time indie wrestling. And the venue, like a venue that under normal circumstances, non-COVID, you'd be happy to go there, go to this brewery to watch a load of wrestling going on there. It'd be actually quite fun. Mm. The problem is it's depressing when most of the crowd are made up with wrestlers or people who are there working on the shows. It's it's just like I felt more for IWTV for that because I think actually what they gave was a lot more interesting. Whereas I think a lot of the GCW stuff, I think it goes towards their booking, mm. which is incredibly lazy. Mm. If I'm going to say one thing about their booking, I think it's it's incredibly lazy, mm. and I need to get beyond it. Lose the fucking shock jocks. Mm. Like honestly, it's like a group of people who haven't grown up from the Attitude Era in some ways when it comes to like like just their general thoughts on things and it's like grow up you've got a serious company together and you're gonna need to really get your like finger out your ass and start thinking about this rather than coasting on a gcw name that looks further away from what it was a couple of years ago that's it um but yeah i think a lot of people share those um similar highlights to us from the iwtv weekend like i said sarah mm. as she eloquently explained that your uh, other podcast with you jp she very much enjoyed yes. that that pit fight Miss line of duty for that yeah and i felt terrible like <laughs> i know she's a big i, I was at uh, nine o'clock why because i was watching arsenal sheffield united and i thought <laughs> oh bollocks that's i felt bad about that i'm sorry sarah <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I, know. I thought she was great in, uh, in putting over so, some she of that stuff and tremendous. some of the underrated gems from the weekend that uh, that came from the IWTV side. Uh, not only just yet that uh, that great new Jack appearance you mentioned uh, earlier, Gareth, and, right. uh, you know, and you know our new favourite Neil Diamond Cutter, who we all really enjoyed, and just based on his name until we saw him actually come out, um, and then yeah, those uh, those perceptions mm-hmm. did change. Sorry, Neil, follows me on Twitter now. Uh, should be nice about him, but yeah, he was just a deathmatch guy, wasn't he? Change the music to together in blue jeans. Move <laughs> away from the obvious sweet Caroline. Caroline. You're a you... deathmatch wrestler. Come out in blue jeans. It, this shit writes itself. <laughs> That's it. Uh, but did you have any, I mean, from the bits you saw from the IWTV weekend, Gareth, any observations or any matches you wanted to mention? Yeah, I don't think from a match point of view. I think that that show that, that you referenced there was the one that we were that was on while we were recording, wasn't it? So I think mm. I'd, I'd, I'd watched the start of that show a bit and then watched a bit when we, you know, when we were recording that. You know, that was that was what jumped out for me. I, I must admit, I didn't watch a lot of the IWTV stuff at all. It was just the odd bit here and there where I was just at a loose end for ten minutes and I turned it on, and a lot of the time I was just watching matches with guys who I didn't even know who they were and things like that at certain yeah. points as, uh, as as well, really. But I think the the interesting thing is for me is is, is as much as we've slated quite a lot of it, like you said, Benno, I'd definitely be up for doing it. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's weird, the, isn't it? the, the, the idea of going, like the, the the idea of just being in a been in a location there and it just been like wrestling's essentially just on constantly just have a good drink and just go and go much i think it's it's it will be an entirely different environment and experience to trying to watch it via streaming like in your in your house at you know and especially at like antisocial times and things like that if you're actually there in the moment it'd be awesome it would just be like going to some small scale music festival or something like that where you're not even asked about the bands it's just about the the crack and just the the experience of being there and the, you know having a having a drink and socializing so yeah certainly uh, as much as even if it was a running at this quality i wouldn't out, rule out wanting to do it uh, my, my, myself you know i think it would be just uh, that that festival style experience really and like some years for festivals this was a good year to miss it all entirely <laughs> for many yeah. many reasons I miss fucking so. covid which is the other big thing isn't it, oh, <laughs> it this wasn't fuck. worth risking your life lads it was uh yeah it was it was a wrestlemania weekend that i struggled to watch from home but i'm glad i was watching from home was probably the, uh, yeah the overriding point there isn't it um but yeah it was uh it was it was a battle issue at the year jp but we got through it this was this felt harder than some of those like and we've done like the g1s doing every show for that and doing the like covering all of that and then covering all of mania weekend for the last few years this near fucking broke me i won't (laughs) lie like it was like it was like oh my god what have i done Mm. like what am i doing watching this stuff why have i've spent six hours and i I can remember two matches totaling 20 minutes (laughs) like that's a terrible hit ratio but that's what a lot of it is I was going to ask you your indie match of the weekend, but all of our indie matches of the weekend included an AEW contracted wrestler in John Moxley. So like, I don't even think it's, uh, you know, that that's that, isn't it? That that sums it up. You know, Moxley Barnett is the indie uh, match of the weekend. That's it. Yeah, I would. I'd give a particular shout out for a couple. I would say from the I'd, um, from the um, uh, have fun, be sad. I, 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 do you know what? I would say the the violence um, is forever versus Finn Juice. Mm as like a wonderful change of pace yeah. as just like watching Finn juice in action and just go, my God, 
in that environment, God, they're good. And it's remind me of seeing Juice Robinson and Lemon Spa, and he looked like a fucking. He loves that shit. Mm. He's more than happy to do those tiny shows where he gets to interact with people, and he's he's naturally charismatic for it. And Finley as well, carrying on that that good new New Japan Cup work. I mean, looking good as a performer, looked like he's injury free. Um, I thought there's some really nice exchanges in there, and I think it's it's the kind of stuff that you you know. It made me actually hyped for them being on that next impact pay-per-view. Mm. There you go. So so what you're saying is the other independent match of the weekend was the New Japan tag team match. Yes. <laughs> uh, the New New Japan and Impact. All right, and smart ass. Well, in that case we could argue that um violence is forever also contracted to MLW. MLW that doesn't count. Yeah. We're, all, we're all fucked. Those MLW <laughs> contracts are written in crayon. On fucking tracing Mate. paper, like it's come on, it's court power. <laughs> you know they're going on telly somewhere else now. They've signed nearly some new deal. Do you hear what it was today? Where is it? Destination America. Oh, of course. Oh, was the it channel Arlo- nearly Arlo- killed Arlo- off the They both work. We both were on there. Yeah. yeah, at one point. <laughs> Christ, that's terrifying. Ah, oh, it will never die. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose that kind of wraps us up as far as uh overall thoughts on the mania weekend obviously if you want you know our individual thoughts on some of those matches we uh we picked out there and the individual shows uh you can still sub to our patreon we're at the right bang in the middle of the month it's so still worth it plenty of uh content there to make it worth your while if you're uh, if you're fancying a bit of punishment for yourself as well go back and listen to our uh, our live watch alongs too of uh of wrestlemania but yeah. you know yeah you know even though the weekend wasn't great i'll still stand by our work there jp on the on the recaps and particularly oh yeah like i say again the, uh, the hard work you put in and uh and yet you know me and gareth uh, assisted with <laughs> and also the uh oh. the uh, the assistance of uh of sarah farrell was much appreciated as well so people can uh check that out uh if they will but yeah other than that uh anything you'd like to plug jp anything else you'd like to say no i'd say go back and if you go back even beyond those um wrestlemania week and you want to go back and listen to some of the deep cuts some of the flashback episodes we've done and uh, we did one on mania 8 just before mania as well um some of the film reviews we've done all over which a couple of absolute fucking shockers and that's going to be rectified by potentially three of the options we've got for this jesse ventura one even if we're not sure how much jesse ventura is in the third film it just seems like a good fucking excuse to watch a 90s action film really um <laughs> So we've got those going on on there as well. And yes, tomorrow we're going to be at Up Next Mania. Uh, we've, we've got our quiz oh, team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, worth mentioning. Eggheads, apparently. Us against Post. Slash uh, Port Torch, isn't it? Like a, a dream team on the other end. Uh, us three and Steph are on the grapple side. If we start getting questions past... 2010 then we're in big big trouble <laughs> big big trouble we're in pure guesswork territory then 2010 if there was two at the start i'm basically anything sort of up to about 98 i think then then that's potentially good and then start about 88 just to be on the safe side yeah, well, let's hope Steph as our ringer can uh, can. Help I was going to say, I hope Steph's been swatting up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think she needs to be told how much heavy lifting she's doing for this quiz team. Oh, for sure. I'm playing that at her. That her deeply competitive spirit will be shining through on this one. I think. <laughs> oh, I can guarantee that, um, Gareth. Anything to plug on the uh, on the app side? Uh, you know, I did note you know, you put out a, a list of the uh, the top ten, the top six matches uh, on Grapple for the weekend. Um, and yeah, if people want to affect that list, I suppose they can uh, still go in and put the ratings in for uh, for Mania weekend. There's still time. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we've been talking about all the uh, different shows here. Everything that falls under that collective banner under GCW is all up on the app, so you can you can get your ratings in yourself. If you did watch uh, watch anything on there, you never know. There might be the odd little gem there that we uh, that we that we haven't seen or picked out or something like that that uh, somebody might want to go uh, go and watch the Beyond Wrestling show again from the weekends up there too. But yeah, if you just give us a follow at, uh, at Grapple App on Twitter, um, yeah put a put a graphic out there with the, the top six matches of the weekend there so again just kind of summarizes some of our thoughts in 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 one one easy place but uh but otherwise um yeah just uh just uh, thanks again for the support from all the patreons really that sort of made it uh made it possible and they <laughs> over the uh the last week or or made it yeah. bearable might be the uh might be the uh, right words for it <laughs> kept us going definitely uh so yeah thanks they to- kept us going yeah everyone who joined in on those watch-alongs oh totally absolutely yeah. like thank you special shout out to yeah those who were of the uh of the uh, the lives here who uh yeah joined in and it did make the uh the, especially you know wrestlemania it made it seems stupid to say but it made wrestlemania feel like a an easier watch definitely watching it along uh with our audience and yet yeah, the the guys who uh who called in too so yeah special thanks to you guys thanks to the the new patrons who joined us and the other uh, patrons who stuck with us through the wrestlemania season uh like uh, jp said you can catch all three of us uh on the up next twitch tomorrow uh, for that game of eggheads uh, like i say the jesse ventura uh, film club is uh, going to be coming to the grapple patreon but other than that for spotlight we should be back monday uh recharged and ready to go plenty of aw to chat about lads that'll uh, that'll get us uh, back in a good mood we can look forward to that but yeah until then everyone have a great weekend have a great week and we'll see you again next monday night bye see ya Everybody sing, everybody dance Lose yourself